are you doing with Arabic on your machines? <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, February 5th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 380. This is No Agenda. Living in the margin of error here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star States, Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the motto is, I tweet, therefore I am. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. Correcto Mundo. There was an article I read the other day about that. I think actually, actually I tweeted it just to, just to make it even worse. Um, it's called like the Facebook psychology that uh, uh, this whole liking business that when people like or retweet, it's giving them the feeling that they've actually done something. So we're becoming a nation of likers and retweeters instead of doers. So yeah. someone says, hey, man, I just went out for a great run. And you, you go, oh, like it. Yes. Now I feel like I did the run. I think that's a... Does anybody pay attention to the likes, the number of... I've asked this before, and nobody can say, yeah. Does <laughs> anyone pay attention to the like, uh, you know, liked by, you know, number I on, on I don't. I don't. It, it broke the other day. Did you read about that? No, gosh. <laughs> what happened? Well, <laughs> Facebook pushed out some code on Friday, which is never a good idea, I've learned. <laughs> Not before an IPO. <laughs> And, uh, like, the JavaScript API broke, so all these millions of sites that have like buttons didn't work. But worse, you know, there's so many sites now where if, if you want to join the site, you can make your registration through uh, your Facebook login. That, yeah, bro- that. that broke, too. Oh, good. So it's like, hello, can we see, can we see the peril looming? Do you understand this is not really a good idea? <laughs> no. I went through that whole Facebook uh, filing, by the way. It's all bullcrap, what everyone's saying. What, do you mean, what are they saying? I haven't paid much attention. Oh, everyone's saying, oh, they had $3 billion in revenue. Well, let's look at it. Only 56% of that is actual revenue, of which 12% comes from their 30% from their Zynga VIG. They, uh, uh, over a billion of that revenue is from sale of stock. And then the, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And then all their... Um, so in other words, that backdoor sales of stock. Yeah, exactly. Then, then you have their infrastructure. They lease that. So they lease their bandwidth and their, and their servers, and they state right in the S1, it's off-book transaction. So, we don't so really, there's no assets there. Yeah, we don't actually know how much they're, they're spending on, uh, on infrastructure because it's not on the balance sheet. $600 million, but they have revolving lines of credit continuously. So they're paying off... Um, lines of credit, not the actual cost of the infrastructure. Yeah, but huh. then you read everyone, oh, they do $3 million in advertising. No, they don't. $3 billion. Yeah, $3 billion. Yeah. And then there's so this thing. Said, that's what everyone says. And then there's this thing called RSUs. You know what this mm-hmm. is? No. What? It's a form of, um, of option. And uh, throughout the whole document, they, you. Yeah. they state that... Uh, they don't, they don't know how many billions of dollars the actual tax hit will be to the company, but it could impact them severely. So they don't even know what their... Tax- a restricted stock unit. There you go. But uh, if, if... It's a form of equity compensation. Right. So it's used as a pay. Instead of paying somebody money, you give them an RSU. Yeah, which is typically given to market makers. Uh, RSUs and... Um, uh, warrants, you know, a market maker, you know, someone who will then start trading the stock and then they, they're, uh, they're, they're, um, 
they're employed through warrants and RSUs as uh, public relations people and consultants. <laughs> it's such a scam. <laughs> and by the way, I've lived through this scam. I, I ran a public company, so I know what it, I know what it is. I know how the scams work. I should be in jail right now. <laughs> well, for other reasons too. <laughs> for more reason than one. But uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, no. well why gee, why am I not stunned by this information? What? Then that everyone's reporting all this bogus information and all you have to do is read the S1 to actually see it? That information? Well, you I mean? think once the red herring comes out, I don't think it's out yet. I think then that this will be reevaluated. No, no way. Bullcrap. Oh, you think everyone's just going to get the hook and, the, and they're reeling them in and that's the end of it? No yeah. one's going to read the red herring? Correct. You know, <laughs> last night... Well, you uh, are cynical. Well, I'm very cynical, and I'll, and I'll give you a great example. In the morning, by the way, John, how are you? In the morning to you, Adam Curran. In the morning to all ships at sea, uh, boots on the ground, and feet in the air. In the moon bases. And, of course, all the human resources. Hey, citizens there in the chat room at uh, NoAgendaStream.com, hey, NoAgendaChat.net. Nice to have you all here. Let me see if we have a quorum real quickly. We have, oh, nice, 728 people uh, logged on to the stream. 728 people that probably aren't listening to the show, and they have done <laughs> no. us no good uh, as a chat room normally. Yeah, by would, the way, blew it up last you week screwed with, up, man. You really screwed up. I made a mistake, yeah. and I got suckered into believing that the ad was not anything more than a parody that I talked about, and the chat room didn't stop me. Well, maybe I didn't see it. The chat room's supposed to, or you... Well, so, hold on a second. I I, I was amazed too. Once in a while, when you got you got suckered by a hoax. Yeah, of course, everyone gets suckered once in a while. But this was. But, but for you, that was pretty bad. Yeah, but it was funny. Still funny. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So last night, I don't know if you saw this. So coming back to how the media, I mean, I'm I'm convinced that the media is not necessarily evil. They are just completely stupid. You <laughs> big conclusion, right? Woo! Yeah. Well, if you want, if you want to get off to a roaring start, well, let me let me let me rock it to you. So I'm watching Pierce Morgan, very excited uh, because Ron Paul was on Pierce Morgan yesterday. Uh huh. And uh, here's how the show opened. Ron Paul is not going to be your next president. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. This is awesome. This is going to be a great show. He is not going to be your next president. So why are millions of young people hanging on every word from the 76-year-old Texas congressman? The old kook. Why are they listening to the old kook? It was actually a very, very good interview. It's too bad no one watches this stuff. And I'm going to play two passages. um, Because Ron Paul lays out some things that uh, we have spoken about so explicitly for so many years, and you can just see that Pierce Morgan, he it does not penetrate that uh, watermelon on his shoulders. He just does not understand what is being said. And the first thing is about the unemployment numbers. Now, we ha- I think going back to when I was in London, John, when you explained to me the first time how these unemployment numbers are basically cooked, and what they don't do is count the the people who uh, have fallen off the radar and have become bums, essentially. And that's how you can manipulate these numbers. I mean, this is literally four or five years we've been talking about this, correct? Yeah. 
And then and then there numbers. If there's two, there's three numbers you can deal with. There's the one that they keep telling us about. Then there's the U6, which is an old calculation, which is closer to the truth, which is around 15 and a half percent. And then there's the true unemployment, which is including the bums and everybody in between that a company out of San Francisco called Shadow Stats generates. And that number is closer to 25 percent. So Ron Paul explains to Pierce Morgan why these numbers are bogus and you can just hear him pre-programmed robot that he is just not understanding what is actually be are you okay <laughs> you just fart oh i blew my nose <laughs> in the direction out, outside the microphone i can do it again if you want yeah, closer yeah good do it closer nice yeah here let me try it i'm congested here we go that's better yet today we saw jobless figures which are the best since he became president do you give him credit for that? Do you think he's doing a good job in reducing the job, jobless figures? Or how would you summarize your feelings? I, I wouldn't give him too much credit. Of course, everybody should be pleased that there are more jobs now than there were a month ago. But they're pre pretty puny to what we should be doing. But if you look at those figures and dissect them out, they're not all that glamorous. Because uh, during that uh, last month, 1.2 million people dropped out of the workforce. So if you get 200,000 new jobs and 1.2 dropped out, you still lost a million jobs. So if you take that into consideration, you can't turn these people into non-people. You can't can't fudge. I love that. You can't just make me the non-people. You can't just do that. Well, apparently you can. The figures, and that's what politicians do. I understand. Wait, well, let, let me. Let me just I understand. I understand. But I'm. I'm. I'm but I'm not going to listen to you. Got to finish that. If If you exactly. do that, actually, the unemployment rate is 11 percent, not 8.5. It went up. It rather than gone down. If um, you count. Isn't people. there a problem here, though? That if all the Republicans keep dumping on what are apparently good figures, that then the. <laughs> He, already he didn't hear it. Apparent, apparently good figures, but the Republicans are dumping. Mental positivity that America needs to get itself out of recession gets stymied a bit. I mean, I'm going to read you a quote here, which I thought was classic. Well, can I answer that? Well, well, let me just read you. <laughs> See, he, well, he, he, he's just, he's not listening. He is not, it's like that thing on his, his he has poop in his head. This quote, this is from uh, Jeb Hensarling, who's a, who's a Republican representative. He said, today is an indication of another failure of his president's policies. 36 months in a row of 8% plus unemployment, which is a ludicrous way of spinning it. How can what? you say this is another example of a president getting things wrong well, the, on a day when actually the official figures, whichever way you dress them up. Whichever way you dress them up. He, he doesn't even hear, understand what he's saying himself. Are positive. Isn't the better? It's not positive. Now, Ron Paul's going to try it one more time. Thing. The more, I suppose, the more credible position for Republicans okay. to say, I am encouraged by this, but he should have gone further. To me, it's more, more important that you admit the truth. So if I'm speaking the truth, so we might have to compare mm -hmm. figures and all. But let's assume for a second that I'm speaking the truth. Oh, that would be crazy. And the, the uh, 200,000 new jobs was a net benefit. But what I'm saying is we quit counting people. We disavowed them. So if I'm speaking the truth, the most important thing is we know the truth, not as not a Matter of fact... Uh, you'll probably have me a hard time. You probably haven't heard me in a speech. I do talk about the president a little bit, mainly on attack on civil liberties and maybe not nah, doing enough about out. the wars. So I'm not in that same people to say, well, the president didn't do enough. It's all the president's fault because it isn't. So, uh, but Pierce Morgan clearly just, just it's, it's amazing to me how the guys, he's literally saying the numbers are cooked. And then Pierce Morgan spits it back and says, well, even if the numbers are cooked, they're still positive. Like, 
Now, he's uh, uh, such a bad interviewer and and obviously so uh, bigoted that I don't see how anyone watches that show. I mean, you can watch it once in a while. You get some, but he just seems brain dead. He doesn't, I don't see him connecting with the guests hardly ever. Once in a while, someone will come on and he seems to have some rapport with him. But generally speaking, he's just uh, dissociated. It's very difficult to uh, to get an audience to like. Hey, that. hey, there's the uh, hey, how about that? there's the nine the nine eighteen right on time. Yep, there it goes. <laughs> Burlington Northern, they're giving you a toot. They're like, hey, hey, you guys, are you, are you, you guys are wasting one of those high speed <laughs> rails. It's actually a passenger train, and it's going. Looks like it's doing about twenty miles an hour. But he's tooting his horn to sell, to just to remind us that we're wasting our time. There was a dog on the tracks. <laughs> so then, uh, very interesting. Uh, Ron Paul brought up the, which another thing we've talked about so many times, about the lie that is being propagated by everyone in, in government worldwide now, particularly as it pertains to Iran, uh, about Ahmadinejad apparently saying he wants to wipe Israel from the face of the map. And we know that's not what he said. But that's been twisted into this this meme, which of course is it's it's mind control and done for a very specific reason, which is obviously to go and kill some more brown people in the sand. And Ron Paul lays it out very clearly. But this this exchange, it just I'll have to play a douchebag after it. Assume you become President Ron Paul. If Iran was to strike back at Israel, uh-huh. what would you do? Well, I go and, and look to the rules, and the rules are that if our national security is threatened, you uh, explain it to the people, and then you go to the Congress and say, is our national security threatened to such a degree that we declare war against a particular country? If you believed that Iran had enough enriched uranium to genuinely launch a nuclear attack against Israel, would that knowledge alone mean that you would countenance military well, action? One thing that we should set aside is there's uh, our CIA and the Mossad, uh, Israel are not arguing that they have the case. And even even Israel said, the, the leader of the Mossad said, even if they had a weapon, it's not an existential threat to them. So you wouldn't ever countenance any preemptive strike? No, not really. Why, why, sh- why should we? That's aggression. He, you should see Ron Paul's face when he said, "That's aggression." What do you? What kind of douchebag Brit are you? You just go and kill people. It's not. That's not the way we operate here. Uh, uh, we we're not supposed to commit aggression. I mean, that's left for the dictators. But uh, you know, we we now don't do aggression. But we what we do is preemptive war. But if you had got but knowledge, preemptive for- war is equivalent to now. Listen to Morgan try and and. And work his way into a logical conclusion to go and kill these people. That, and I think it's very dangerous. But they have already said, Ahmadinejad has made it quite clear, he believes in wiping out Israel if he got no, the no. chance. Okay. If, I, if you were president in the, in the Second World War and you've been given knowledge the Japanese were planning Pearl Harbor, you would have preemptively struck, wouldn't you? Well, let, let me touch your first subject first. And that is... Uh, quoting Ahmadinejad because that's a that's a misquote, but 99% of the people in the media would misquote it, and everybody in Washington believes mm-hmm. it. Uh, what what he actually said on the proper interpretation was that the regime in charge of Jerusalem uh, should be removed from the pages of Time. He did not say that Israel should be wiped from the face of the earth. Just think of the difference on that: removing a regime like getting rid of our administration or something. Now, now how do we respond to that as a, as a true journalist? Should we uh, delve into it or just ignore it? What do you think? Well, I, I think we should ignore it. Seriously defending Ahmadinejad, right? No, you, in fact, let's attack the guy. You're not defending him, are you? 
I'm I'm trying to defend honesty and I'm trying to defend openness and willing to, uh, willing to stop a war just to see him as a friend. Please, please let me finish my sentence. Just like John Kennedy was able to talk to Khrushchev. If we can talk to Khrushchev and he had 30,000 missiles, why can't we talk to a country that doesn't have a nuclear missile and they are not, but according to the record, they're not on the, the verge of it either. On this is a lot of Americans who, you know, may like, they may like you personally or whatever, but they think you're weak on this because of the preemptive issue. And I come back to that question I put to you. If you had knowledge and you were president when Pearl Harbor happened, if you had pre-knowledge of that happening, would you have attacked Yeah, Japan? an imminent attack. We're seeing, we're seeing the planes come over, obviously, yes. An imminent attack. Well, I mean intelligence. An imminent attack. Intelligence, it may happen. An imminent attack is quite different when the planes are coming versus this uh, fiction. Just, we shouldn't have such short memories. Now. He's going to wrap it up in 30 seconds. He's going to do it beautifully. But he's making a very important point here, which you, by the way, should use at your cocktail parties. Everything they're saying about Iran, we said about Iraq, and they were all lies. And how many men died? 8,500 Americans died. 44,000 no, come totally back crippled. I agree with you about so, Iraq. Well, I, but it's the same principle. I, as a newspaper editor... I, as a newspaper editor, yes, I, I was against the war in Iraq. I was as a newspaper editor back in Britain, I opposed the war in Iraq vigorously and loudly for two years. think you should oppose us going into Iran? I, I think Iran is a different situation. Why? Because I think that they would, if they could, consider attacking Israel. Well, I, and if you're America... You can't let that happen. And the Israelis are looking to why America for leadership, aren't they? Why shouldn't they depend on the British? Why doesn't the British take care of them? They used to have, they have a lot of influence up there. Let all the British kids go over there and die. Yeah, exactly. Send your own kids, Pierce Morgan. <laughs> Send your kids there to go die. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So instead of this guy becoming uh, president, as we've just heard, because CNN says he won't be your next president, we're going to get this Romney douchebag. And his wife, 15 seconds of this made me throw up in my mouth. She comes out to announce her husband, Ann Romney, and listen to what she says. Uh, Once again, I'm here to to, um, make sure that you listen to me this time and obey when I tell you don't clap. Obey Obey me, slaves. (laughs) Did you hear him say that? Yeah. I want you to obey me. As first lady, you will obey Ann Romney. Oh, I want you to obey me. <laughs> so you can imagine, uh, I need a bucket now in the studio here at Camp Mofo. To puke in. Where's the douchebag for Pierce Morgan? That's what I was waiting for. Oh. Douchebag. There you go. Now I feel much better. Much better. Oh, my goodness. So I didn't have, uh, I didn't pay much attention to any of this crap. <laughs> well, I do it so you don't have to, so you can do much more important things. Tell me, yeah. what, what, was, what was on Discovery? You play the, okay, let me give you one of my clip. Okay, what was on the Discovery crappy channel? crappy media. <laughs> Although I have quite a bit today about crappy media. Good, very good. That's what we do. Assassinate them. Um, Shoot them in the head. Yeah. Stupid crappy media. I actually clipped this entire thing, and then I decided, well, as I was listening to it, and I played a, cl- a piece of it to JC, I realized that the piece of it's actually better than the whole thing. JC is cool. Uh, it starts off junior. with, no, it's this, pure, this is uh, Aaron Burnett. Oh. Uh, oh. You have to, and it would be fun to play the whole thing, but it's about two and a half minutes. She decides, she does these editorials, because if you work on any of these shows. Oh, is it the seriously thing? The producers thing? always want these hosts to do editorials. Yeah. 
to give them to give them credibility yeah, every him, day to give them credibility and because they don't have enough fake news to report on and so uh, most people who are smart don't do them because they're really hard to do and generally speaking you they, they tend to you know you, they, you a lot of people can't do them at all and i think that Aaron's one of them so she came up she found they found the drone sign in new in brooklyn and oh, she went into uh, an that, exposition that our knight did let's just say that our knight did our knight in new york did these drone signs so we got a drone sign sitting there and she goes on and on about the drone sign and who you know where it came from and what it means and what and she i mean i'm talking 2 minutes solid blah blah blah, blah. and so she wraps it up with the, with with what I have here is the clip, and then when she gets to the final punchline, she blows it. She spent two and a half minutes to get to a, a line that she blows. See if you can catch it. The drones were watching, and they helped catch a terrorist or a murderer. Would we be okay with the drones then? Ten years after 9-11, ten years after the Patriot Act, we're still debating how much of our freedom are we actually willing to give up to maintain. American freedom. Let us know what you think. You can always tweet me at Aaron Burnett. Hashtag out front. Have a great weekend. Mm, no, I didn't. It, it was just dumb. I, I don't understand. What did I? Let me listen. The to line no, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. No, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Let me listen again. But if the drones were watching and they helped catch a terrorist or a murderer, would we be okay with the drones then? Ten years after 9-11, 10 years after the Patriot Act, we're still debating how much of our freedom are we actually willing to give up to maintain American freedom. Let us know what you think. You can always tweet me at Aaron Burnett, oh. hashtag out front. It's Have just, a great weekend. It's supposed to be American security or something. It's yeah. supposed to be uh, our you know, How freedom. much freedom are we going to give up to get more freedom? I mean, this makes no sense. She, she blew it. <laughs> it was supposed to be American security. <laughs> No beers at the corner pub and for you, Aaron. And what's weird about it, this, I'm telling you, this was two and a half minutes to lead up to this punchline, and she blows it. And then she just stumbles off the stage, basically. <laughs> yeah. It was like, whatever. <laughs> well, all right, it's weekend. Who? Can, no one's watching anyway. I don't know who going to give a crap about this stupid show. Give me my check. I'm going to have a pizza. Yeah, these people are... It's too bad, because she's so cute. Yeah, but she did. She seems she's I don't know. Maybe she's better in a conversation. Maybe she should have Pierce. You know, I would rather watch her do Pierce Morgan's job. Well, she was she, she was she always listen. good. With, she, she was always listen. Yeah, you know, she was always good with the dead, the fat dead guy. She was what, color. She was color commentary. What fat dead guy from uh, CNBC? She did the, the morning show. That's where she became famous. Yeah, no, she did uh, one of the shows. Yeah, yeah, I know. I used to do her show. But she was good interacting. She would talk to people. Right. She'd go back and forth. She would be better in Pierce Morgan's job. They should fire him and put her in there. She's prettier. And we could just, <laughs> and she could sit there yakking with people all day. And, you know, maybe she won't make these. I mean, she's obviously, this not, this, she's not cut out for this. While we're at it, while we're at, uh, while we're working on changing CNN uh, here at the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group, uh, we've got to limit John King's Coke intake. He talks too fast, and, it's, and he's got a, seems to have a uh, something wrong with his uh, uh, Na- nasal. He doesn't see the breathe. It does not, not breathe through his nose anymore. He talks real fast. I don't know what it could be. And and what comes out of that pie hole is could just, be too much coffee. By the way, hmm, possible, possible. <sighs> anyway, well, so. we do have a lot of things to get to today, John. Uh, in fact, I think I have made a rather inter- interesting discovery. 
regarding the Leroy uh, 15, which actually a number of discoveries, which I think uh, I'd like to really kick the show off with after we thank uh, some producers here. And it seems like uh, our call out jostled the memory of many, many people that we uh, actually don't have advertising on this program and live solely by the alms and the goodness of people who consider our programming valuable and therefore provide us with donations of value. Right, and uh, I hope we don't get into a feast or famine situation. I think think that's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. We we had a a lousy, the last three shows, the, the donations were lousy. There were very few of them. Last four. Were, it was no, not the four. last. Okay, last four. No, no, John. It's since January first, so that's like. No, we had one good show in there. We sent a mailing out, and we had that one good show. So we, we actually had one good uh, donation segment. Since then, it's been nothing, and we had we were at the point where we almost got no executive producers. We kept having you know these, you know, one guy. So now, of course, we got a feast and famine thing since we did a, a, a real plea. Mm-hmm. And now we have six executive producers and 11 associate executive producers hey, for so this show. What? 380. Well, that's good. We eat. And we have actually two members of the 380 Club, too. Nice. So let's thank all these folks for helping us. And I'm going to concatenate some of these comments, even though not so much here. Uh, we have an anonymous... Uh, um, Bob from Australia, past insights uh, for J- from JCD and all the reading done by a- Adam Kareem made it continue. I still think your model's wrong. You should do a pay-per-episode. We had a lot of suggestions about getting more. Yeah. I mean, the f- yeah. fact, what we did on the last show is the re- re- got us the most. Uh, that's what we should do more of, which is beg. Yeah. <laughs> One hour free to attract new listeners and then pay. Now, this is not, we, we're not putting this sort of thing together. We're not, we're we've not, talked no, about we're this not on the show a million that. times. Yeah. Not going to happen. Maybe we should do another uh, another episode where we, you know, just like a, a point five episode where we just talk about how it is that we do what we do and why it is the only way it can work. Yeah, we will do another point five episode. I think it's a great idea. Anyway, he, get, he does say that, well, something worked because he's donating, and he do, donated $808.88. Wow. A lot of eights there, which is a good uh, Asian number. Very good. Um, anyway, and then he has some more suggestions. Donations, uh, do, do, His donation is part of some waging winnings. Apparently, he won a, won a football game or something, which yeah. I promised to donate if I came out ahead before starting out. Karma would be nice for some big meetings in the next week, and you can... If you can call an OSS karma, that would be nice. Keep going. The year is uh, needed more than most. Go ahead. Okay, here is some OSS karma. You've got karma. Nice. Sir Dwayne Mellon's song in Tigard, Oregon, uh, Winnie the Pooh country, $380.83. Thank you. He may have an an email message. um, I'll look it up and read it at the break. Sir Paul Schneider in Edmonton, Alberta, 380. Please credit me as Paul Schneider. Put me on the birthday list for February 4th. Thanks for the show. Um, Austin Voss in Calgary, Alberta. We have a lot of uh, Canadians today, both from Alberta, as a matter of fact. By the way, that's the richest uh, province in Canada. They pay for everything. $350. (laughs) Thanks for the work on the (laughs) show. They're helping us. They get nothing but money. And that's uh, Calgary and Edmonton. Those are the two big, b- great towns, by the way. And Edmonton has got an underground thing you can go to. It's, it's like an undercity like Montreal. Oh, Not quite hookers? As, hookers? I'm, I've never seen a hooker there. Oh. Thanks for the work on the show, and hopefully the donation helps uh, minimizing Adam's whining. If 
I could get a hit of karma, I would appreciate it. Sure. You've got karma. Can I just say one thing here? I did not whine. I merely said, if the value was going at the value we were getting, then we'll have to go back to one show. That's a very simple equation. It's not whining. It's just being honest and forthright and saying, here's the deal. If we- I'm with you. Okay. Scott Dawsonville in Georgia. Oh, I'm sorry. Scott in Dawsonville, Georgia. 34567. Nice number. Don't mention my last name. We didn't. Donating drunk again. I need to stop listening after Friday happy hour. It cost me money. Donated 23456 last time. 34567. Challenge to other donors. Bump it up. Yeah. John, you need to try some of these North Georgia wines. They're damn good. (laughs) Apparently. Muscadine wine. Is that what you're talking about? Adam, if you decide to dump Mickey from Hollywood, please let me know how to get in touch with Mickey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey. It, 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 was an, it was not an or, and or. It was an and proposition. And so he says he has a VIP card from the Gold Club in Atlanta <laughs> where, where apparently he was a software consultant, which is that Wait a minute. Isn't that gig. a strip bar? Isn't the Gold Club? Yeah. <laughs> we need a road trip. Wrap up at the Gold Club. Software sold. Too bad the place is a parking lot now. It's gone, by oh, the way. Oh, damn. Long gone. I missed the dot-com bubble. Off to listen to the dark side of the moon. What's the status of my previous challenge? We don't remember it. Um, we'll have to look it up now. Robert Slatt in Glendale, Arizona. 333 uh, Robert Slack. Pronounced Sorry. Slack. S-L-A-G-T yeah. is pronounced Slack. So everyone out there should note that. I should be getting a good tax return this year. By the way, we hope that people, uh, some people are sending us uh, part of their tax return. So I will send some your way. Please give me some no audit here, citizen. You have karma. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Let me try that. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. Hey, citizen. Don't audit him. Okay, then those are executive uh, producers. We got uh, Sam Lung and uh, Luang, Lung. Luang. Luang. Lung. Luang. It would be, be Lung or Lung. Uh, Toronto, Ontario, 256.52. Richard Reinhardt, Bel Air, Texas, 250. He's an expat in uh, Jakarta. And the show informs me on what's happening in our homeland. Keep up with the good work. And, and he needs a shot at karma. You've got karma. Brian Smith in Santa Clara, California, down the road from me, 214 in the morning. Love the show. Like to give the No Agenda Show some money. And and he wants to give us karma for donations in the future. Like to a special shout out to my friend and independent game developer, Hanford Lamore. I'd like to to know what John thinks, knows anything about Vietnam vets, Agent Orange, and the links to diabetes. I don't know anything. Thank you, Adam and John, for your hard work and great insights. You've got karma. Lawrence Reich, of course, in Burlington. Whoa. We need to keep Adam out of the regular job market. (laughs) Yes. Yes. He's the best podcast in the universe going. Uh, Robert Burgess in Brisbane, uh, Queensland, uh, 214. What's 214? Why we got 214, 214, 214? Oh, no, 214. Hey, 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 hey. 214, February 14th, Valentine's Day, 214. Ah. 214. That's the that's the nothing says loving like donating to no agenda. Nothing yeah, says I love the, you. The rate of 214. Yes. Hey, citizen. Hey, citizen. Love the hey, show. Citizen. Associate producer in 375. And your take on the media is informative and funny. I Can I get a 
a bush bag. <laughs> I think he means douchebag. To Brendan for douche getting bag. me hooked. For Brendan for getting me hooked on the show and not donating, Brendan. Uh, and can I get a Hey Citizen Huntsman <laughs> karma call out? Okay. Jeez. Now, this is getting complicated. All right. We can see. only do so much. Well, I can try. I can try. Hold on. <laughs> Hey, citizen. You've got karma. <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting hard. It's like they're making me well, work for yeah, it. That one doesn't work. No. Uh, Kent O'Rourke, Frostburg, Maryland, 21212. I was going to donate this for the 21212, but I gave it now because the donation has been slow so far this year, which is true. Please give a douchebag call out to all you who can give and don't. Douchebag. Anonymous in Kew Gardens, New York, 21212, uh, for the air. Hey, citizens, please send me a karma shout to my wife, who is starting a new semester in college and can use some karma. So that's fine. That. You've got karma. Another 212 from uh, Wayne Harvey, and uh, also in Brisbane. You got, We should hook these two guys up. Yeah, they should go drinking. A donation coming from a former douchebag currently just getting by and Gitmo Nation down under. Being a slave down under means I can't listen to the greatest podcast in the universe live. Really? Yeah, it's, it's at a really weird time. It's like in the middle of the night. Oh, oh right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. Because every once in a while when we do it off time, the Australians listen. Yeah. So I just listened to NA379er, the drone strike you dropped about. was only doing one show a week due to the douchebags like me not spreading the loving. Made me as sick as the crap acting our politicians dish out trying to impersonate your president, Andrew Shepard. What? <laughs> Who's Andrew Shepard? I don't know. I don't think oh, oh the, okay. That, no, that's that's, 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 that's uh, the, the Douglas movie, the Michael Douglas movie we played right. on the last show. Yeah. He listens to the show mostly when I'm driving, and I often have my five-year-old human resource with me. She loves the show. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. And we got another one. The news turned to me and said, Daddy, are we douchebags? Douchebags. No. My human resource propagates the formula by singing Dvorak.org jingle at school. <laughs> and in the public, so I can't let her or the greatest podcast in the universe. I can't let her down, so the greatest podcast in the universe needs to. Uh, so the, uh, he's got this sentence structure. I know it's asking for a lot for the first time donor, but I also need milf for my smoking hot woman. I'm emptying out my PayPal account. And very drunk, so your other douchebag supports and the greatest podcast in the world and get off your ass and donate. He needs to be de douched. He needs a milf, and uh, I think just a de douche. Hey, you know, you're cutting out a lot. As in, I just lost you. Hmm. I knew that was going to happen. Did I lose contact? No. Hello? Yeah. Let me see. Internet connection problem. There's a problem with the internet connection between you and... Hold on while we try to get the call back. Oh, my hey, I'm, uh, I'm back, kind of. No. Did, did you call me or did it just happen automatically? No, I got this internet connection problem. There's a problem with the internet yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that too. But but now you're like uh, low low bit rate. Low frequency. Well, uh, you're, back, you're back. You're back. You're back. You're back. Okay. okay. So did, I, you got, did you get the point? He needs hold a Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got yeah. karma. How tight was that? It was, it, uh, there's a line there I could use, but I won't. Fish guy in Missoula, Montana, $201. Fish guy, please, no real names. I want to 
I don't want to get the blow my secu- I don't want to blow my security clearance. It's probably toast already, but it helps to Thank make you. a good show. Well, this is good. We've got sysadmins everywhere who have security clearance, and they're still yeah, propagating the formula. Appreciate David it. David C. Pugh in North Canton, Ohio. Yeah, put a bumper sticker on the computer. Uh, $200. ITM, this should uh, top off my knighthood. Sorry, but I but one show a week does not work for me. I'm going to s- need from all you douchebag boners to get off, off your wallet and donate. P.S. If you give the Patriots some karma, <laughs> no. For the, no, <laughs> no, no, not going to happen. So, I'll, I'll, I'll give. Let me. We'll, let me just say this: they don't need. I'm going to bring this up. I know Adam doesn't like football, but I'm going to mention this one time, one time only. The confluence of of fractals in this Super Bowl indicates that the Patriots can't lose the game. Okay. Now, first of all, let me state that we are we are now denying a hundred dollars extra. As he promised, if we give the Patriots karma, so, but we don't do football karma, so we're not going to do that. Uh, second, I would like to say, uh, how dare you say I don't like football? I heard you on Twitch saying, oh, just have Adam on. He doesn't, he doesn't give a crap about football. I watch one game a year. I watch the Super Bowl. I enjoy it immensely. I love it for the television values, and I would not give anything up to watch that. And third, Giants are going to win. <laughs> Here's the fractals. The fractals are simple. Uh, besides that, this will complete the the final season, uh, undefeated season for the which doesn't exist anymore. But it's it's a karmic thing. Uh, the fractals are as follows: uh, Peyton Manning and and Eli Manning are brothers, and they have followed the exact same career path. Peyton won one Super Bowl and lost one Super Bowl. Eli's won one Super Bowl. He has yet to lose a Super Bowl. He's the, the fractal indicates he'll lose this game. The second one is that. Uh, Tom Brady, who has his eyes on uh, being a clone of of uh, Joe Montana, has won three Super Bowls, and to complete the the, oh, the fractal, wait a minute, let me, let me he has to win oh, the fourth. Shoot myself! I don't know what you're talking about. That's why I'm saying. That's why you don't like football. But anyone out there listening knows what I said, and that's the way this. I thing is like going. watching a bunch of guys with the tight pants running around a the field. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Curious thing. All right, let's get our last <laughs> Wait, guy out of the you, way. You missed one person, right? Yeah, I'm going to do him now. And uh, by the, so anyway, that's why they don't need karma. This no. is a done deal, <laughs> fractal wise. <laughs> Joshua Polson in uh, in Ridgefield, or actually Shergal in Ridgefield, Washington. Uh, in the she's in the chat room at Shergal. $200, uh, another note on the Panetta interview. You can't fire back at someone holding a gun to your head because they have not fired. In other words, when threatened, escalate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, someone, see, unlike, uh, see, you could be uh, you could be better than Pierce Morgan because you actually listen to what the person is saying. Thank you what? very much. Not, not you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we highly appreciate this. This is very good. This will definitely keep us on our two-show uh, regimen, and uh, and that's the way it's got to go. Uh, I hope. No, wait, well, hold on a second. You know, this is one like again, feast or famine. You said you wanted to see what the numbers were for February. Yeah. We just began. We got two or three more shows, four more shows, I think. But I'm being very encouraged and positive. If you don't mind, well, I guess if you want to be, I'm very encouraged. I think I want to really thank everyone who stepped up. Uh, and helped us out on this show because it, it made a difference. I'm telling you, the numbers came in. They were really bad last show. I mean, bad, bad. I've, I've missed Mickey. Like, well, forget it. I, you know, she's like, I can't believe. You know, when she was in Holland, she was getting free free stuff from designers. You know, she lives with me. She she shops at H and M. She's like, do I really have to downgrade to Old Navy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, yeah, you know, there's nothing you know, all that you bad. Know, the, uh, certain women, and I would include her easily, they can wear anything. That's what I tell her. You can wear a garbage bag, honey. In fact, I got you a whole new wardrobe. Look at this you know, box. The rest of it is it's just, it's, it's just a label. It's bull crap. I mean, Old Navy, you see those Old Navy commercials, a lot of these, you see these models walking around in some of these. You know that most people don't look that good in Old Navy clothes. I got to tell you, it, I, I've sunk so low that I got a, uh, a voiceover agent to try and do commercials, which I've never, <laughs> I've never been successful at. But they send me like two auditions a day. And I'm, I swear to God, I'm getting stuff like Old Navy. Uh, you know, they're like, they try to match up the, vo- the voice. Too. I'd love to hear your voice on a voiceover. <laughs> Uh, old Navy. You should do that surfer voice with the kind of the joyous sound. No, they always they they asked me to do the Old Navy thing, and yesterday I I did one, and I never I haven't gotten a gig yet, you know. But I'm like I I got to be able to support my family. Leo gets these gigs all I know, the time. Because you know, I think you can hear in my voice. I just can't be serious about. Uh, you might have a drinking problem. Talk to your chaplain. I'm like, how how insincere am I going to be? I, let me, do you want to hear that one? Uh, let me see if I can. You want to hear it? Because I think I yeah. have it. Yeah. <laughs> hold on a second. This will be funny because I sent it yesterday. Um, hold on a second. You have a drinking problem. <laughs> uh, th- this is this is how bad it got. By the way, hold on. Auditions. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, film house. Should hold on, it just has to load up. Here, here we go. Adam Curry, Vox Agency, should for Filmhouse Inc. <laughs> Already, you're like this guy ain't gonna get the gig. It's just, even even that slate is no good. All right, here we go. For Filmhouse Inc. People come into my bar to have a good time, and luckily, I'm around to make sure things don't get out of hand. If someone has too good of a time, if someone's had enough, I cut them off. It's best for everyone. But what about people who aren't under my watch? You know, some people think just because they don't go out to bars or clubs that they're not at risk for a drinking problem. <laughs> if they're having more than a couple of drinks a day, it could be a problem, Here even if they're doing it at home. They might ought to talk to someone or see the chaplain. <laughs> and since I'm not around to cut him off, maybe you could help me get the word out. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get that gig. You know, uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, save Adam from this fate worse, th- worse than death. <laughs> Dvorak.org slash N-A. Uh, and of course, you can always go out and propagate the formula. That will bring in new donors for sure. is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, slave. All right. Now, just to prove that uh, we have some real value for value, I, uh, I did a lot of work in these past few days. Um, and, and I'd like to jump right into it, if that's okay with you, because I, I did some investigation. I did uh, another reading of uh, some official documents. It's really turned into a hobby for me, by the way. But uh, reading boring crap? Yes. And I'm really good at it. I, I hate it. I hate to say it, but I, I can parse through stuff so quickly. I'm just like, and I just, it just. What a newfound talent just discovered in the last year. Actually, I discovered this when I was going through my divorce. I couldn't afford a lawyer. And, oh. and so what I did is I did all the legal work myself. And the Internet makes it quite easy because when someone has family code section 805, you just like, you know, you, know, you go to Google and you search it. And like, there it is. And you just read. Right. And just If you can read it, then. 
And you might have and to. And you were getting feedback from the other attorneys that. That I had a whole team. Yeah, you had a team. <laughs> they thought I had a whole team. They listen. Well, the, he has a whole team of legal experts. It's clear. By the way, <laughs> this really makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and that's not a joke. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, there's no way I could, I had a lawyer for like three weeks and I got a two and a half thousand dollar bill. I'm like, I can't do this. It's just not going to happen. So I did it all myself and, and you know, everything's signed. It's all done. It's uh, uh, it is official now. Actually, the judges stamped it. And so that's why I could ask Miss Mickey to, to marry me. Fool. Uh, so anyway, so there's uh, all kinds of interesting uh, uh, documents floating around. And there's, uh, I got to set this up. This, of course, is about the Leroy 15, which, uh, interestingly enough, has now expanded to almost 20. And um, these are these girls, for those of you who are new to the program, uh, who all of a sudden developed uh, Tourette-like tics, Tourette's syndrome-like tics. And I'm a, kind of an expert in that because I have that, uh, although I don't have the... Not much of the yelling dirty words in public thing, uh, but I, I have all the rest. And uh, I'm quite convinced that this, because it's girls, because they're in school, because they're um, of the, the, the perfect age, and because I've been following this Gardasil HPV vaccination for such a long time, I am absolutely convinced that this is um, an adverse effect to Gardasil. And the, uh, the media who live or something in the shot. Yes, uh, exactly. And the media who are, of course, uh, whores of the pharmaceutical industry. If you just watch television and just pay attention to commercials, it's all pharmaceutical ads. Almost everything is related. Every other break you're going to have. Maybe every break you're going to have a, a pharmaceutical advertisement. So they have to cover this up. And the media is complicit in this. And I can now start to prove this. But the first thing that they're doing uh, is they are um, trying to discredit uh, anything that points towards Gardasil. And uh, what's interesting is that, and the document I'm about to share with you, they have not tested any other vaccination. Whereas I think it would be very fair to say maybe we should check for swine flu or the flu vaccine because it seems like those are being handed out for free, like candy everywhere. No, they didn't even test that. So. It's kind of, it, you know, jumping out off any page that they're only checking for one vaccine and nothing else. Uh, but, of course, they brought in uh, Aaron Brockovich uh, to continue the cover-up, and she's just a whore going after any, any money she can get. And I'm sorry if you like Julia Roberts in the movie. That's not re- necessarily the persona that uh, Aaron Brockovich is. Here's NBC with Brian Williams doing their their bit to a cover-up, and then we'll uh, get into the discovery. For the first time since symptoms started appearing in teenage girls in this small town, a 36-year-old woman not associated with Leroy High School is being treated for severe tics and Tourette's-like symptoms. So what they have to do here is they have to uh, say, oh, it's not just... uh, it's not just uh, these girls. Now we have a 36-year-old woman, and they bring out this woman. Is it hard to walk? It looks like my you're li- my Well, my whole right side is affected. Oh. Marge Fitzsimmons is a local mom hurt. and a licensed nurse practitioner. This is really scary. It's like somebody came in and took home away. Now a team of environmentalists headed up by activist Aaron Brockovich believes the growing problem may stem from a train derailment near the school more than 40 years ago. So they're still on this whole, oh, it must be chemicals, it must be something in the water. And this woman, 
She has a version of Tourette's. It is, it's not at all like the tics that these girls have. And I'm sorry, I consider myself to be somewhat of an expert. I can see someone with a, with a tick or Tourette's from a mile away. And actually, we recognize each other. It's like a secret club. You know? <laughs> it's like the TV show, new drama series, Grimm. I don't anyway, know that. Going. People who see that don't get that joke. Yeah, we literally, you know, like a waiter will, 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 we're in a restaurant. Sometimes I don't, but, uh, but usually, you know, I'll look at him and go like, it's okay, man. I know what you mean. Look at me. <laughs> so don't worry about it. And then, and actually when you relax, then it gets better. It's, it's more about the fear of people noticing it. So this woman, she, this is not the same. It is not the same. And I can say that from my own 47, well, 40 years of experience. It started when I was seven. Now here's where it gets very interesting. The, um, uh, the health department, the New York State Health Department, released a document. Uh, this was released January 31st, 2012. And uh, it is their findings in the investigation of neurologic symptoms amongst Leroy uh, High School students. And this is the interim report, October uh, 2011 to January 2012. And uh, I'll just tell just a spoiler right off the bat. Uh, I'll go to the end here and I'll give you the conclusion um, the uh, healthcare providers and public health agencies involved in this investigation consider this cluster of cases to be the, re- the result of conversion disorder slash mass psychogenic illness. Mass psychogenic illness has been defined as a group of symptoms suggestive of organic disease but without an identified cause in a group of individuals with shared beliefs about the cause of the symptoms. Outbreaks of mass psychogenic uh, illness affect, affects females more than males. So they're basically saying these girls are crazy. That's what it is. Please, nothing to see here. They have mass hysteria uh, similar to if um, you know someone is throwing up, you might have to throw up. That's basically what it is if you look into the definition. So they're going to summarize first about ticks. Now, here's some background information. Ticks are repeated involuntary twitches, movements, or sounds. Isolated and transient ticks are common amongst children, affecting up to 20% of the school-age population. Did you know that? 20%? Seems high. It seems extremely high to me. I mean, I was the only kid in a, in a school of several thousand. A collaborative investigation by New York State Department of Health, New York State officials of mental health, Gen C County Health Department, Leroy Blola, um, and here it is, uh, found no infectious or environmental Etiologies. Three students had illnesses associated with tick symptoms predating their attendance at the school, which is interesting. So we can kind of take them out of the equation, which is very key to the numbers when it gets down to it. The primary findings were that there were no infectious or environmental or public health concerns related to this cluster of students. While preparing this report, uh, the Department of Health learned of three additional students with possible tick syndromes there under investigation. So you can take away six of the 15. So now we're getting down to a very, very small number. Uh, in fact, 12 students were evaluated by WorkFit Medical and eight of the 12 were evaluated by Dent Neurological Institute. This is where it gets very interesting. So I looked up these two companies. I'm like, you know, well, who exactly is the WorkFit Medical? Now, if you look at WorkFit Medical LLC, this is, I mean, they don't even say, you know, it doesn't seem like they belong to some other larger organization. 
Um, essentially, they provide occupational health services. Uh, one of the things they actually do is provide your company with immunizations. So, and if you look at the website, workfitmedical.com, they're not a, they're not, as far as I can tell, it's just a small group of doctors uh, who have a practice. Uh, occupational health services. I don't, uh, you know, if you look at the about WorkFit, um, it's uh, J-L-E-M-D, 16 years ago, 16 years of emergency medical room. You know, she basically has four locations in Western New York. It's a clinic and they go and they say, okay, it's all good. So to me, that's not like the Mayo Clinic or something, right? You with me? Yeah, no, mm. keep going. I try to uh, just, uh, get a, yeah. All right, so now, but we're, now. We're, we're ready for the punchline here. Here it comes. So now we go to Dent. Dent. Very interesting as it's, uh, let me just get my document here. Uh, so again, they talked about Dent Medical, uh, the Dent Neurological Institute. Here's a little uh, news piece I found uh, speaking to one of the doctors, and he sounds extremely nervous, and he's not happy about being involved in this whatsoever. Scott, Dr. Laszlo Metzler is a world-renowned neurologist who is based at the Dent Institute in Amherst. He says a lot of the hysteria surrounding this issue is coming from people who have not examined the students or who have theories that have just not panned out medically. And I'm trying to bring some sanity into this insanity. Dr. Metzler says that for a long time, he and his colleagues at Dent did not publicize the cases which were diagnosed months ago because he was afraid of exactly what's happened now. This is interesting. First of all, he said, I was afraid about the sanity of this insanity. This is very carefully, listen to the words very carefully. A kind of hysteria that's been fueled by publicity seekers and those on cable TV. Metzler says the three latest cases are very similar to the existing ones. I can say, uh, as most of the other patients, uh, they're girls, uh, young girls, obviously in the, in the early teens. So uh, similar symptoms, uh, similar town, uh, many of them know each other. Are adolescent girls somehow more susceptible to this sort of thing? They are, and, and I'm not sure if we know why. Why are you so confident about ruling out any environmental factors? Half of them are already getting improved, or significantly improved. So it cannot be an environmental fact. It can be a toxin in the brain. Then why are they improving, number one? Number two, there's no toxin that would cause these symptoms. The TCE brought up at national, with the national media does not cause symptoms like this. Now, I just want to stop here for one second. According to the New York uh, State Health Department, their own research, I'm reading it right here on the PDF, they cite an example of a five-year-old Chinese boy who uh, developed exactly these symptoms when he overdosed on mercury, which, thank you, which was contained in, um, uh, in some form of uh, uh, allergy medicine that he, was, that he snorted too much of. So mercury, according to their own document, the same document I'm reading right here, can actually um, may, uh, uh, cause these symptoms. And, of course, mercury is often used as an adjuvant. And is Wasn't he? It's not an adjuvant. It's uh, a preservative. Preservative, sorry. Isn't, yeah. uh, didn't he say TCE specifically, though, which is trichloroethylene? Yeah, that's that, what they were talking about? That's the stuff that Brockovich is going after, the TCE. So he's, yeah. he's pushing aside the fact that there, he's actually lying because there are toxins that will 
make this uh, oh, okay. like behavior happen, which is mercury. Now let's continue. We think we've ruled out everything, environmental, autoimmune, uh, vaccination related. Uh, vaccination related. No, you haven't ruled it out. You've only ruled out Gardasil, which is the kicker. And to back up what Dr. Metzler just said, within the last half hour, the state health department has put out this statement. And it, what it says is that it has not found any infectious or, or environmental causes for the students' illnesses. Now, interestingly, Dr. Metzler did tell me that recently a parent came in with her daughter, believing she too had conversion disorder. But when Dr. Metzler examined the girl, he found that out in this particular case that the girl actually did have a case of ticks. Okay. So let's go to the document. Now, we can already rule out six, if not eight, of the 15 because they are not in the study about Gardasil. And again, they only checked for Gardasil. Um, here it is. Two of the three cases who were tick-free for a period of time experienced an exacerbation of tick syndromes during this time period. I'm sorry. Here we go. According to the New York State Immunization Information System, seven of the cases, so we've already ruled out almost all of the other ones, but so they're saying not all the girls had it, but they actually say we didn't count those girls because they had tick syndromes and things before we did this study. Seven of the cases received Gardasil. Five cases received the recommended three doses, while two cases received two of three doses. It's very, very complicated in the PDFs in the show notes. So you got to read it. Six of seven cases who received Gardasil had onset of tick syndromes greater than one year after their last dose of the vaccine. One case received her third dose after her tick symptoms onset. Here's the conclusion. There is no temporal relationship between vaccine administration and symptom onset that could be identified. What? Yes, I'm going to read that one more time because I looked up the word. There is no temporal relationship between vaccine administration and symptom onset that could be identified. The word temporal is the key here. They're saying the temporal pertains to time. So they're saying because they studied when these ticks started and a couple of these girls had the, had the vaccine more than a year ago, therefore there is no relationship in time between the vaccine administration and the symptoms. They're not saying there is no relationship between the administration of the vaccine and the symptoms. They're saying there's no temporal relationship. That, to me, is the smoking gun. Now let me blow your mind. Guess who works at the Dent Neurological Institute? Uh, okay, go. Sanjay Gupta. <laughs> the same guy that's reporting on this for CNN? And saying that, it's, uh, that they're just insane. He's uh, right there on the website. Sanjay Gupta, award-winning doctor. This is a cover-up of epic proportion. But what's, well, I think what's, you could have started with this part. Um, yeah, but not everyone listens to the show for five years. You need to set it up a little bit. But I think that <laughs> the temporal, they're not saying that there's no relationship. No, they're saying no temporal relationship. So, um, hmm. well, that's not, yeah, well, they, this is not, and what the way I'm listening to this, even though I think you could have started with the punchline, uh, and by the way, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, I'll just give you the definition of temporal, temporal, 
uh, of or relating to time as opposed to eternity, of or relating to earthly life, uh, and then the rest of it is... uh, Right, So, so the way I read it is... Girls who developed these tick-like syndromes who had Gardasil more than a year ago, we we just discount that. There's no temporal relationship. They're saying, well, if it's more than a year ago, then hey, it can't possibly possibly have anything to do with it. But coincidentally, they all had Gardasil shots. Is that what you're saying? The ones that that actually mattered, not the ones they discounted because they already had tick-like syndromes, etc. The the girls who had the, the, the ones that we've isolated as the ones that somehow out of the blue have gotten this problem have all had Gardasil. Exactly. Which means, of course, that the vaccine could be interacting with something else, you know, like, you know, X number of glasses of milk. Who knows? But it seems like a weird coincidence that the only girls who've got this problem have had the shot. Yes. And and it's growing. It's growing. Well, I don't see why anybody would get this shot, to be honest about it. Well, because doctors are are paid to sell it to you. I mean, uh, even even Mickey, who is. Not a teenage girl. Her doctor tried to say, you know, you really should consider the uh, Gardasil shot. Mickey's like, uh, yeah, I think I'll go shoot myself first. They're paid to do it, John. They're paid. That's why. You know, this is the reason you don't want. I mean, these sorts of doctors should not. You should not go to them. Now, I'm doing more research uh, because there was one other instance of this uh, mass hysteria happening. And it happened in... 1939 in Bellevue, Louisiana. And uh, that was the last time it was diag- we had a diagnosis of mass hysteria. And uh, uh, so I have to, it's hard to delve into it to mm. find, inf- you know, Google doesn't really go back to 1939. Barely goes back to 1999. <laughs> um but so, you know, we, I, I don't know, were, were, was there a different type of immunization scheme that started off in 1939 that you can remember? There, <laughs> there was, Sorry. Really, the immunization thing was pretty minor back then, I'm assuming. Uh, I, you can look it up in the old archives of the New York Times. I'm sure you can find the data. It's still out there. I mean, the New York Times has a great archive. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I have a subscription, so I can get you into the. What? Well, what, pay for archives. Would it kill you to do some work? No, I don't feel like it. Germany began diphtheria vaccinations in 1939. That doesn't help diphtheria. so much. Yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, but that was. Uh, and it's only happened in that one place. Here, the, uh, yes. University began selling the vaccine in 1939. Interesting. There is a lot of stuff here in the. Uh, I would be more suspicious of government uh, experimentation on the public. And when it's isolated in the middle of Nowheresville, Louisiana, it sounds like something they would do. Western equine encephalitis in horses. Encephalitis. Yeah, that. Encephalitis. That's what the vaccine was for. A horse disease. Well, yeah, if you're shooting kids up with horse tranquilizer, a horse vaccine, that doesn't sound good. All anyway. right, well, enough. Anyway, nice to know that Sanjay Gupta's on the case. He's, they hired one agency, not, not Mayo Clinic, not National Institute of Health, no, the Dent Neurological Institute, which happens to contain doctors on the take, including Sanjay Gupta. 
And the guy yeah. is not disclosing this, by the way. I haven't heard him say, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the company that is doing the investigation. He, I'd never heard him say that. Maybe Pierce Morgan should interview him. <laughs> yeah. Good. Anyway. All on, right, well. On the case protecting you, consumer watchdog, Adam Curry, everybody. So I'm watching, meanwhile, I'm watching Sky and uh, <laughs> out of the UK. Groovy. Groovy. And I'm telling you, the reporting on these uh, on the situation in Syria and Egypt, both, mm-hmm. is so staged. Oh, yeah, I know. And the Sky stuff was really bad. I mean, I have a couple of reports here that if you want to play some of them. Yeah, that's Rupert Murdoch, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, the, the Syria stuff is really big. Well, play this. I don't have the best Syria clip I could have had, and unfortunately, I can't back these things up. So I have to record the entire broadcast and then hope I got catch something because mm-hmm. it's just you know, over the internet. But a good example: Syria reporting uh, on Sky UK. Play a little of this, and you'll see what how they try to dramatize everything. <laughs> Wait, this is YouTube footage, right? It's not professional grade video. I can already tell by the sound, right? It's they don't. Well, you, he actually explains they don't know what the hell it is, <laughs> but they trust it. Yeah. It came in the darkness, a sustained barrage of mortar and artillery rounds smashing into districts of Homs, <laughs> leveling buildings, killing and wounding scores of people. Killing kittens. <laughs> We can't verify this amateur video, but we have no reason to doubt its authenticity, nor the eyewitness reports from inside the battlefield. The Al-Khalidia district of the city took the brunt of the attacks. The streets reverberate into the sounds of explosions and gunfire. An intense offensive against a civilian housing area where opposition is strong. The sound of explosions didn't stop until this moment. Man, the, the number of... of, of, of uh, you, you can hear now the sound of explosions and the sound of bullets. The people here are, are going are, are running now out of their houses. You know why? Because they are uh, shooting from far distance of the neighborhood. The dead and the injured soon overwhelmed the few field hospitals set up over the past 10 months to treat people who can't risk going to the main hospitals. <laughs> Neighboring mosques are now being used for triage and for keeping the bodies of the dead. Oh. It's unclear why such an offensive would take place as the United Nations considers a vote condemning the actions of the Syrian government. I can well, there's your punchline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. I mean, it, it, somebody add two and two. Why are they doing it now just as, a, as the UN is trying to vote to condemn them? Well, it's because they're not. This, well, is a, this is a scam. So this was, I've actually seen this video on CNN, the exact same report with the exact same guy. Now I'm pissed off because I was like, you know, I, you had the, you had, I didn't pull the clips. I also saw it on um, Euronews, I think. And the New York Times did exactly the same thing. Here's, uh, this is the New York Times, the paper of record, the Ministry of Truth. Syrian government forces used a barrage of mortar shells and heavy machine gun fire 
in an assault that began Friday night in the central city of Homs, killing at least 200 people, wounding hundreds more, opposition activists reported on Saturday. So they're getting this from opposition activists, not from journalists. And it says the reports could not be independently confirmed, but it appeared to be the bloodiest episode in the nearly 11-month-old uprising. As word spread via Twitter, opposition protests broke out Saturday at Syrian embassies around the world, including Egypt, Germany, and Kuwait. And then we get our president. We must work I'm not going to do it. I'll just read it. We must work with the Syrian people towards building a brighter future for Syria. A Syria without Assad could be a Syria in which all Syrians are subject to the rule of law and where minorities are able to exercise their legitimate rights, uphold their identities and traditions while acting as a fully enfranchised citizens, citizens, citizens in a unified republic. The United States and our international partners support the Syrian people in achieving their aspirations and will continue to assist the Syrian people towards that goal. We will help because we stand for principles that include universal rights for all people and just political and economic reform. The suffering citizens of Syria must know we are with you and the Assad regime must come to an end. And Lucifer even tried to get everything all hooked up at the UN but failed. Russia and China have vetoed a UN Security Council resolution calling on Syria's President Assad to stand down. The United States said the vote has increased the risk of more bloodshed and civil war in Syria. Russia had said earlier that the Western Arab-backed resolution was an improper attempt at regime change. Exactly. And he's not lying. The draft resolution as put to the vote didn't adequately reflect the real state of affairs in Syria, and it sent an unbalanced signal to the Syrian parties. Of course, because we know it's fake. The co-sponsors of the resolution haven't taken into account the wording for the draft that we proposed, to the effect that the Syrian opposition must distance itself from extremist groups which are carrying out acts of violence, and we called upon states and all those who have the relevant opportunities to use their influence to put an end to such acts. Bring in Earlier in Munich, the U.S. Secretary of State and the Russian Foreign Minister had met, but the talks had failed to overcome Moscow's misgivings. As I said at the United Nations on Tuesday, to block this resolution is to bear responsibility for the horrors that are occurring on the ground in Syria. Which we cannot confirm. Which nobody can confirm. Nobody can confirm. Where's the Russians can confirm it's not happening. At least that's what they say. Yeah. But I thought the whole thing was so staged oh, to, 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 to give it to the Russians and the Chinese to veto it because they knew they were going to do that. Yeah. And then Powell, uh, uh, Rice, your, your pal oh, Susan she, Rice. We're disgusted. I want to throw up. It's so horrible. I'm disgusted. Yeah, she went on and on. I wish I had the clip of that. I only heard it on the radio. And oh. I was like, oh, my God. This woman is, is just showboating. I didn't even clip it. I thought you. I thought for sure you would have it. I didn't get it. I got it off. I heard it. I didn't uh, get it. Oh well, hold on a second. I'll play it for you. She's disgusted. I'm disgusted. But I'm it's di- all fake. She's not disgusted. No, she's, she's happy. She doesn't have to be the one that vetoed it. She's a liar. She's just a liar. They're all liars, and they're real. And you know, and then the president comes out with a statement. I think. The, I think I have it here. From uh, this is uh, Rice being disgusted. Je vais maintenant. I shall now put the draft resolution to the vote. Vote. Who's this guy? Well, those in favor Sergeant of the arms, He's French. How come the French guy gets to talk? 2012 stroke 77. Yeah, 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 hold on. Where's, uh, where's Rice? Hold on. Okay. While delaying and security. Uh, 
Back a little. There we go. Rice. The United States is disgusted that a couple members of this council Russia, China. continue to prevent us from fulfilling our sole purpose here. Of killing brown people in deserts. Addressing an ever-deepening <laughs> crisis in Syria and a growing threat. By the way, I think she's like four foot nine. How come she never mentions Bahrain? We know for a fact that hell's breaking loose there and it's been stomped down by the Arab forces from Saudi Arabia. And we've never, we never, that's never mentioned once. Because it was the, only mentioned on Democracy Now. Hello, because the Formula One is going to Bahrain. We don't want to mess up our seats. Oh, I didn't realize Crazy. Formula One's headed there. And no sooner had we ended the show on Thursday when uh, I think I literally said, this means war is coming. Boom. Panetta. Now we know why Panetta was all over the press because he needed a little bit of attention to then come out and say, oh, I'm not going to report on the fact that I know that Israel wants to go attack Iran, but I'm not commenting on it. And then everyone goes nuts. I mean, the whole world goes crazy about Iran or Iran. Iran. They're going to kill us. Oh, Israel's going to go. They're going to go in. Oh. Here's what bother. Here's the thing that bothered me most about this this little this theater of late is the character who comes out of uh, well here play Iran's bogus missile and then we'll discuss it. <laughs> yeah, I love this. <laughs> a top Israeli official is claiming a missile site destroyed in an explosion last year was producing missiles capable of reaching the United States. Moshe Yalon, Israel's deputy prime minister and minister for strategic affairs, made the assertion in a speech on Thursday. The explosion in the research and development installation for the Iranian missile system was for a system that was preparing to produce or develop a missile with a range of 10,000 kilometers. This is for the great Satan, the United States, America, and not us. And therefore, it's not just a threat against Israel. So when we reach the discussion of a nuclear weapon in the hands of this regime, we need to look at it within this perspective. U.S. officials have cast doubt on Yatlan's claims, saying Iran is nowhere close to producing missiles capable of hitting U.S. soil. The only thing that's wrong there is it's not for the great Satan. It's for the great Lucifer. That, that's what they should be saying. It's for Hillary yeah, Clinton. going to do that. So this guy whose real name is Melansky. Uh, who's he changed his name to Yalan because he joined some <laughs> ne- some group. It was like right. a club. Mm-hmm. Some and he's essentially this war hawk. He's been in there and he's like a, he's the, he's not some slouch. He's the vice prime minister and the minister of strategic affairs, and he's coming up with this bull crap. Don't forget, Iran's the country that sent off these missiles. You know, some crappy missiles that they had to Photoshop. Yeah. You know, that they launched so they could yeah. show that they had more than one that actually got off the ground. I mean, these people aren't developing any missile technology. No. So this is an out-and-out lie. But if I look at all the pieces on the chessboard, uh, so of course we want Syria strategically there's a lot of good reasons to have Syria, and it's all, it was already... Oh, no, who, who's we? I don't think we want Syria. I think it's all bluster because we've already made the agreement with the Russians through Exxon that, that it's their operation and they get to keep it. And we're just trying to make it look as if... I think the whole thing's a charade. We I don't agree. want Syria. There's nothing there for us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you and I'm going to say why. This is the get-out-of-jail-free card for the Russians and the Chiners. When we go and bomb, bomb, bomb Iran. 
That's why. So Russia can say, look, we had nothing to do with it. But the Iran thing, that's real. They really, really, really want it. And they're going to go get it. And well, somebody's going to do something that's not a good thing. And we're going to go kill people for sure. And maybe, you know, if you look at it, just, you know, we've got Georgia. So Georgia's now on board. That's why Shakasvili was eating his tie there in Washington. Because uh, that'll, that'll be a strategic launching pad from which to launch whatever we want to go on the, from the other side and go get it around. Just look at the map, you know, and then you can see it. Um, no, I, it, it's, it's very obvious. And the sad thing is, is that people are like, like Pierce Morgan. Like, well, yeah, you know, hey, preemptive. We got to go kill him. You crazy. You can't have a firecracker. It'll kill you. That's really, it's really. Well, the pressure, the obvious media and uh, political pressure to do something in Iran. But Ron Paul's the only one apparently resisting this. Yeah. Everybody else is on board. Everybody else is buying it. it although I can't believe they actually believe it. So there is some alternative, there's some alternative, re, there's a different world. There's something going on, I think. Other, I mean, there's no, it's not just about the oil in Iran. They haven't, you know, they got some, but they haven't got anything like uh, Iraq. I mean, there's some, something, there's a missing piece. To, no, I think, I think it's all, it's those pipelines. I think that's what we're missing, John. And it could be the pipelines. Pipelines are big. Because, well, the pipelines have to be, and these are coming from Russia, by the way. The pipelines from Russia that bypass Poland, they had to kill all the Polish government to make that happen. And that's to go feed Europe. We want Europe dependent on Russia, which, of course, is also American oil. All the deals are in place, as you pointed out. And uh, but we have to remove Iran from the equation. I think it's if you and, and Mr. Oil, actually, he should write up a, a, a blog post or something. He probably knows, uh, but he probably doesn't want to play his hand because everyone will start speculating. But I'm, there's so many pipelines. It's all about the pipelines, not just the oil, but the distribution. And of course, where it comes from. I don't think it's so much that we want their oil, although that would be nice at the end because uh, it's, it's a bonus. But we want you know, we want to uh, stop oil flowing from Iran to Europe, to the through the the Strait, because then we can sell more through the through the Russian pipeline. That to me is the only reason. I, I mean, what else? Well, that you- would explain Russia's being on board with yeah. this current theater and and be, and playing the bad guy. They've done it before. They they don't mind it. And the Chinese, of course, are just idiots. So who knows what they're thinking? Hey, wait a minute! Don't we need a pipeline through Syria? Hold on a second. I bet you. I bet you that has to do with it. So the Russians probably said, "Look, we'll give you your damn pipeline." Hold on. Let me see. Pipeline Syria. Book of knowledge. Um, that's all gas. Yeah, it could be. I'm thinking the oh Syria Turkey pipeline. Of course, that would make sense with Turkey joining the EU. I mean, this Syria. Here's a Fox News article. Syria claims terrorists blew up, blow up pipeline. Uh-huh. So there's pipe. Well, there's pipelines everywhere. But is this a how important is it? And why did? And what's the Russian connection? Because they are the ones with that port. And uh, yeah, it would be quite amusing to set up the EU as a as totally dependent on Russian oil, uh, which has been we've been heading in that direction. We. Two years ago, we discussed this possibility. I have a report, uh, 20 seconds, that might help us. Iran will cut oil exports to what it calls hostile European states to preempt an EU embargo due to come into force on July the 1st. 
Oil Minister Rostam Hasemi gave no indication on timing, nor on which countries Tehran would target. Now that's uh, that's Euro news, so it's obviously that's propaganda. Um, and there's no evidence other than a voiceover that tells me what's being said. And what's with the stinger music all of a sudden on Euro News? Oh, there's stinger music on everything no, now. That's new for Our them. local news now has stingers. <laughs> we should do more of that. We need to do. Yeah, we need to do. We more haven't got stinger. any good stingers. Well, yeah, well that one's not the best. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's kind of like. Yeah, we, I we, guess we could we use need that. More, one. We need more little. Uh, uh, little hits and stuff. You need little swishes. And what things. was that thing you had the other day? Oh, yeah, I got it. Here it is. Uh, it, it has to follow something I say. And, Adam, that's oh, the wait, way wait, it's... Wait, 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 wait. I know. You don't have a cue? Yeah, okay. Go ahead. And, Adam, that's how it's going to end. On to weather now. We have more uh, <laughs> motherships falling out of the skies. Yeah, I think we should I think we should just use that between every single topic. So, uh, <laughs> so much for Iran. <laughs> John, you have something on Egypt. More false news, I believe. Uh, right now, we're going to go over to Berkeley, California. John C. Dvorak is standing by. Maybe overusing it. So, uh, <laughs> but we do have something on Egypt. We have a bunch of weird stuff that happened. Uh, uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. And then I looked into this guy, Amir Musa, who is the head of the Arab League. And I'm listening to a report on CNN. It's one of these panels where this guy is discussing uh, is for, for a think tank. So the guy's discussing something that he thought was an anomaly. And then after I looked into it, it is not really an anomaly at all. This guy, Amir Musa, is trying, was trying to oust Mubarak and, ta- and, run, and he is actually running for president as we speak. He's the head of the Arab League and he's a anti-Israelite. He's just a really, you know, as far as he's concerned, Assad's great, so that makes some sense with the way the Arab League is handling Syria. But when I heard this, I went, why would this one guy do what he did in terms of his his take on the the, uh, Egyptian revolution? Engagement. And, and really sowed this feeling of helplessness in the people. I mean, as, as dictators go, he wasn't Saddam Hussein, he wasn't Hafez al-Assad, he wasn't Gaddafi. There will be no mass graves being unearthed in, in Egypt. But he really sort of killed their spirit. And it took a while, but I mean, people just lost faith in themselves. And so one of the, immediately before the revolution started, the Arab League had a summit uh, in Sharm el-Sheikh, an economic summit. And it was, it was right after Tunisia and right before Egypt. And Egyptians were starting to set themselves on fire. You had that very disturbing little mini trend happening in Egypt. And all the Arab League delegates were all like, oh no, it's not possible. This is not Tunisia. You know, everybody had a reason why Egypt could not, why the example could not be repeated. And the one guy who was off message, I give him credit for this, was Amr Musa. From day one, he was there and he was the head of the Arab League. He's supposed to be in lockstep with these guys. And I was shocked by the quotes I got from him. He was, he was basically saying, no, this is a wake-up call. There's, there's things that really need to change. You know, this, this could spread. We have to be very careful. We have to sort of acknowledge that people will not be marginalized anymore. I remember the quote vividly. So uh, apparently Musa... Uh, and I think there's this is part of the of, of of a larger scheme for some of these Islamists to take over most of the area, including uh, Syria. 
if they can. I mean, that's what I think is really going on in Syria, which is to get rid of this guy so they can put in an Islamist state. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, and that's what's going on now, as we see by all the voting results in Egypt. It's almost all brotherhood and some of these other groups, Salafists of very varying kinds. And that's what this guy was, this head of the Arab League. He was he hated Mubarak because Mubarak supposedly kicked him out of, uh, of government work in Egypt because he was the guy was a, a, a complainer and he was always bitching about the close connection with of uh, of the of the government with the U.S. For example, he's not a pro-American type. I was when I first started looking into this, I said, well, maybe this guy's a CIA plant. Now I'm thinking, no, I don't think so. He's just no, a, a, no. He's one of these Islamist guys who would love to go to war with Israel, and he's old. I th- he's 76, and he uh, wants to take over the place. I think what's happening, and, and I got a little clue to this, so obviously what's happening in Egypt is not the way um, the elitist government in the United States wanted to go, and they did a shot across the bow, at least that's the way I saw it, um, because we know that you know we, we it's a one-two punch. We just showed... That hey, if you um, if you have pirates or whatever, and uh, and uh, and you capture one of our citizens, we're going to come in with our uh, the SEAL Team Six, or maybe we'll send a drone to go kill you. And there was a warning shot, and something changed because something was going on in Egypt that somebody didn't like, and then they threw this story out. But at breaking news this morning out of Egypt right now, a group of armed gunmen kidnapped. Two American female tourists and their Egyptian tour guide. This is in the Sinai Peninsula. Ivan Watson is live in Cairo with the latest for us. Good morning, Ivan. Good morning. That's right. The Egyptian authorities confirming that two American tourists uh, were kidnapped in South Sinai by what they, they say were unidentified Bedouin kidnappers. The U.S. Embassy here in Cairo has confirmed they've gotten that information from Egyptian authorities and are working with them uh, to uh, make sure of the citizenship of these people who have been taken hostage. Uh, we've talk- spoken with some of our trusted Bedouin sources in the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, they say that uh, the Bedouins uh, they come from the Haramsha tribe, and they want the release uh, of some suspects uh, from their tribe who were uh, arrested by Egyptian authorities. So, uh, first of all, I love the term trusted. Uh, some of our trusted Bedouin sources. I have, I have a couple of those. I got a, I got a couple in my back. Yeah, pocket. one drives a cab. Yeah, some trusted Bedouin sources. So, when you listen to that report and you hear them say, uh, "Well, you know, we're going to confirm the uh, the nationality if they're citizens, and we're going to come and get you," and that story dropped off right away. When I heard tourists, I'm like, okay, agents must be agents, right? I mean, who 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 right now says, you know what? Hey, John, I got a great idea. Let's let's take a vacation to Egypt. Oh, good. Then let's go to the Sinai Desert. Yes. <laughs> Groovy. I'm a tourist. Uh, excuse me. Do you know the, where the Internet Cafe is? I'm, I'm looking for the Internet Cafe. Please. So something must have happened. Does that relate to your Sky News on Egypt clip? Is there anything that we can get from that? Well, the, no, I, I don't think there's a connection that the Sky News on Egypt is a there's a real theater going on with this. You know, you could just see it stage where they uh, the police are holding back a bunch of protesters and using tear gas to do it. Yeah. And the kids are throwing the tear gas back and then they're showing these kids yeah. who apparently take a, a breath of they, they breathe in a little tear gas and instead of having a normal reaction. Which, Through the day, we watched as thousands joined the fight here. Some were ready with masks. 
But every move forwards was met with another blast of gas. But there's little protection against this. Another round of tear gas has just been fired here, and this is what's happening through the day. Running battles as the try to move forward. But of course they keep on being forced back. Hundreds have collapsed, carried out, struggling to breathe. Rescuers on motorbikes are taking the injured to waiting ambulances. This is the same script as Syria. And not yeah, I know. I, I actually had to listen to the whole clip to make sure I had the right clip. The patient slumped unconscious as they speed through the crowds. But despite the dangers, the protesters braved the tear gas again and again. The only weapons they have are those being used against them. The gas canisters hurled back towards the police lines. This was sparked by a deadly football riot, but the root cause is frustration that the hated military is still in charge a year after the revolution here. This bomb made in USA, okay? They hit us with this bomb, okay? And we don't know what we should do. This is impossible. There is no radical change in Egypt. We need freedom. Where is Anderson Pooper? We so, got we got to send him in. He's got to go report on this. So you look at these guys. They're they're riding them off on motorcycles. They have these like some guys somehow passed out or something. And they put them on these motor those scooters with the guy in front and the guy in the back. And the guy in the middle is like supposedly injured or passed out. And his tongue's hanging out. And it's just you could just see the guy. It's just bull crap. And so they're running these guys back and forth past this woman. They're bumping into her and they have all these anti-American things. It's so obvious that. You know, the the military that's running Egypt is American-trained military. Yeah, and they're using American tear gas canisters. Bomb. And so so they want these guys out. They want all influence out. So this is all, again, an anti-American, a a huge uh, anti-American position being taken by the public. Well, and rightly so. We're a bunch of a-holes. Yeah, no, I know. But but it's just like so – I mean, this is – not only what we didn't plan on, but it's like it, we've tr- actually created the situation by encouraging the uh, this quasi whatever the revolution or this ouster, and it's just a disaster. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. And it's a phony baloney disaster too, because most of this is theater, it's staged, and it's just like this thing going on in Syria, and we're so helpless. And then we, they're reporting on it like it's you know this this. You can just see this. I mean, it's been discussed on the Russia Today news where people say, well, look, we were there. And, and they show, in fact, we've seen pictures. If you remember, even a year ago, they would show a photograph of a of an area that is staged with a bunch of uh, protesters. And the rest of everybody else is just leading their normal life. Yeah, except for yeah. this one small. So they move the camera in real close. It looks like all hell's breaking loose. Yeah, they had, uh, remember, they had the CNN cameras up on the balcony and the producer whooping up the crowd like three, two, one, go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the difference between the original square and this. You can see night and day. There was no one was rioting. They were just like hanging out, you know, because that was all all set up and fed by uh, the propaganda machine of the the NGOs and the was it the what is the Lucifer's org the DNI wasn't that it is that what it's called. A bad, uh, the endowment, the Democratic National. Oh, right, the Democrat, yeah, that operation. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, uh, so it's all been set up and now it got out of hand. 
And people are like, hey, you know, what did you do? Hey, let's yeah, uh, no. let's tra- let's transition for a second here, John. They screwed the pooch. Yeah, screwed the pooch. The science is in. Science. To the gate, to the gate, to the climate gate. This program, uh, way before we had a red book was predicting the entrance of a global cooling, a new ice age. And, of course, uh, we were deemed as deniers and uh, anti-global warming kooks. And uh, (laughs) let me uh, tell you that in the Netherlands, Gitmo Nation lowlands, temperatures dropped to minus 23 degrees centigrade. Minus 23. That is the coldest it has been in 27 years Wow, that's Alaska weather. Gitmo Nation East. A crisp powdering of snow across the Peak District, and as the sun went down, so did the temperatures. In Skegness, the statues seemed to freeze. Even in cities, temperatures were expected to fall to minus 5 overnight, minus 10 in rural areas. Seven days of sub-zero temperatures has already triggered cold weather payments for some. £30 million has already been paid out this week, but many this winter are struggling to pay fuel bills, and homeless charities say those sleeping outside face a struggle to survive. Right, and people are dying everywhere, all across Euroland. They're dying because they all bought into the stupidity, oh, it's going to get warmer. It was like, I don't need that parka. I don't need that. As, uh, who needs that? Well, uh, as we pointed out, and or you actually dug it up, or one of us, I don't remember who, the, the uh, commentary that took place in the beginning of the global warming uh, discussions that uh, you in England will never see another, your children will never see another snowflake <laughs> in their only, lives. Only in snow globes and on the internet. Yeah. It's now it's snowing. Now it's a routine. I was listening to the Sky News say, "Well, every year, said there was somebody talking to somebody about how cold it is in in uh, London," and someone says, "Well, you know, every year it snows now." Yeah, th- but this it has been continuous. And now here's what the experts are saying. In fact, the end independent reports a growing number of experts believe complex wind patterns are being changed because of melting Arctic sea ice that has exposed huge swaths of normally frozen ocean to the atmosphere above. So now it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. We got to tell people why this is happening. This is because of global warming that is getting so cold. Quote, the current (laughs) weather and pattern fits earlier predictions of computer models for how the atmosphere responds to the loss of sea ice due to global warming, said Professor Stefan Ramstorff of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research. The ice-freeze areas of the ocean act like a heater, as the water is warmer than the Arctic air above it. This favors the formation of high-pressure systems near the Barents Sea, which steers cold air into Europe. Well, why didn't you tell us that? If your computer model predicted it, why didn't you tell everyone... Listen, global warming, bundle up. Hey, their uh, computer model obviously did, was inaccurate then because they're the same people that said it was never snow again in England. Yes. It's so such a so, huge so lie. So how can we trust anything that they say? I mean, this is the people always wonder, well, you guys are just, you know, it's global warming. Only an unsensible person. They don't realize that all the experts agree. 
Well, they agree on what? Bad calculations? The science is in! It's just logically weird. That's the thing that's always bothered me. And then all these crazy anomalies keep place, taking place. And in the early, when you have some little cooling or a little snow blizzard, well, we're talking about climate, not weather. We're talking about climate, <laughs> not weather. Yeah. But yet, when it warms up in some area during the summertime, then they talk about weather. Yeah. I mean, it's just like this kind of thing <laughs> is getting on everyone's nerves. Uh, yeah. I mean, particularly for the Dutch. <laughs> well, Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, family and friends, and, and people are like, you know, it was funny the first two nights, and now it's like, uh, okay. Now, the only good thing that's going to come out of this is they will have the Elfstedentocht, which is the, the, uh, the, that's the 11 cities natural ice um, contest, which every year when it gets like, when, you know, like a little thin crust of ice, they're like, hey, we might have a Elfstedentocht soon. Well, that's right. where they get the ice skate on the water? Yeah, and then the natural canals, and you, they yeah. they skate. And they all know. ice skate. They do this in uh, Ottawa. And they, but they skate on. Uh, well, there's two competitions. They're the old school guys who basically skate on sticks of wood <laughs> with like a a knife blade that jammed in there. The old school Frisian uh, ice skates. It's very, it's it's very picturesque, and everyone will forget the hardship of dying of cold for a little while. But if only people had listened to this program, they would have a parka, and it'd be nice and warm, and they'd have you know like some some stuff to heat up the house. And we could get they could go get some of those parkas. Who's the guy who made those those parkas for us? Oh yeah, but those, we, we those, need to those replug are, them. I finally got mine. It's not a parka. It's a it's a it's hand a jacket. It's a handmade it's a heavy jacket. duty jacket made in America. Now it's a beautiful jacket. It's nice and warm, too. It's like a hunting jacket, right? And mine has a concealed carry pocket, which is kind of nice. I have a bunch of crazy stuff on mine, too, that I add. And they're, they're not expensive. We have to get this guy's name and give him a, another plug. Uh, it starts with a B. I can't remember offhand. I feel bad now. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll find it. And, and I we'll talk about it next And show. I hate to say, like, you know, hello, we told you so. But uh, we have been predicting, and they finally did it in a brilliant PR move. I mean, just a brilliant move, again, with some research. This is how you get uh, something into the news. We have been saying for many years what, they are, what, the, what the, the basically pharmaceutical industry, uh, the chemical industry, um, uh, Archer Daniel Midland's company has been working towards for years is equating high fructose corn syrup with sugar. Yeah, and they finally did it. They, of course, they, they finally did it. And you listen to this report. This report is about high fructose corn syrup. This is the stuff that was originally developed to fatten cattle, so they'd be nice and plump and fat. And it's now in every single product, almost every single product you can imagine. There is almost no real sugar in anything anymore. And this research comes out from Nature. So these guys are highly compromised. You can't believe a single thing you get from them anymore. And only twice in this report on CNN, we have two women, because, of course, we've got to appeal to the female audience. Only once does she say processed sugar. But for the rest, it's all pretty much sugar, 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 sugar. No, it's high fructose corn syrup, which is not the same as sugar. It's sugar. Sugar. Toxic. Some researchers, wait for it, say it's as bad for you as booze and cigarettes. And they want sugar regulated. Senior medical correspondent Elizabeth Cohen. Now let's bring in an expert. 
is, is following this new report. Power regulated. Ah. Pretty regulated. I mean, these people, it's a little bit radical. It's a little bit out there. It's three researchers writing in Nature, which is a very prestigious journal. Okay. And they say... Hey, we, we consider booze and cigarettes a sin, right? So let's have a syntax on foods with added sugar. We're not talking about apples and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that would be really radical. But processed sugar, added sugar. Why not have a tax? Processed sugar, added sugar. It's, it, you know, this is such, John, if we'd been consulting for the high fructose corn syrup industry, we could have come up with it. This is so brilliant to just call it sugar and then say it's really bad and I, you can almost wait for it to come around and say, well, you know, we've got this stuff that uh, is not sugar. It's called high fructose corn syrup. It's much better for you. And here's the one that really got me. What? Why not make it so that you have to be 17 what? to buy soda? So a tax and an age restriction, just like, like I said, on, on alcohol and on cigarettes. Right. So this whole thing is set up to get you outraged at the crazy legislation that might be proposed that, you know, that is not coming from lawmakers, but from a couple of compromised a-holes at Nature magazine or the journal. The whole thing is set up to get you outraged so that you can have more of it. That's great. It's, it, it just blows me away. And, uh, and I mean, you can, you can see this. This is a segment that has been set up. It's been scripted. They brought in the, the hot-looking medical expert. It's like, wow. Eat some sugar. You're not, it's not going to kill you. So uh, that's a good one. So anyway, the, the, the company is Bruins Clothing. Ah, yes, good. Bruinsclothing.com. They're in South Dakota. They, they, if you order a jacket from them, which is an inexpensive product, I believe uh, you can get that's one. Very, I got a black one with yeah. the No Agenda logo sewn on. And um, let's see, what is the price on these? I think they're like... They're like less than a hundred dollars. They're handmade to order. In, In other America. words, you, you you even though you don't get a fitting, you can just yeah. My my, my sleeves were made extra long for my yeah. I added an inch added to my sleeves yeah. too. And then you can have special pockets. And there's about three or four or five or six sort of what's uh, the website interiors. John? What's you his can website? Have. What's his website? Uh, Brunesclothing.com. B r u i n s. B r u n s. B r u NS, brunesclothing.com. Yes. Yeah, this is good. And You should uh, get that because this, it's going to get very, very cold. Yes, these will be <clears throat> handy to own. And they can be custom. They're custom, essentially a custom handmade product, and they're nice. And it's like five bucks extra for uh, for the you know longer sleeves or something. It's very yeah. Good. This starts at sixty five dollars for a handmade dynamite jacket, made and in you America. can add. It's going to maybe cost you another ten bucks for some add ons, and it's going to be you know essentially fit to you. I mean, you could probably go there and they fit you if you wanted to. Yeah, but I, I got mine. It's all I'm all set. I got I'm mine. It's a, and good. I got a hoodie on mine. So it's, <laughs> it's like the thing, and I didn't even get the most, the warmest in, inside thing. Yeah. The guy says, you can sweat to death. It, it, the one I have, I'll sweat to, I have to take it to Washington State because it's like, it's great. It's really warm. Anyway. So author <clears throat> authorities consider sugar as empty calories. That's, I mean, you need sugar to live, don't you? Am I wrong? Uh, you can get you get sugar from. I mean, no, you you, you don't need sugar per se to live at all. Mm. Um, okay, it's a processed product. Oh, it's, it's natural occurring uh, uh, all carbohydrates are a complex sugar. So anything you eat 
Hold on a second. Let's let's bring in our medical expert here for a second. John C. Dvorak, uh, MD. Do we need sugar in our diet? We don't need refined sugar, no. Um, Will it kill me? Uh, If you would, like, for example, let's say we had a tanker truck full of 100-pound bags of sugar, (laughs) and you were standing underneath (laughs) it, and the bags all bounced off, you'd probably die, yeah. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Super Bowl coming up this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) It is just crazy. So um, I heard from multiple sources, this is very funny, we didn't play the clip, nor will I. Uh, remember uh, when uh, President Obama uh, did Al Green at the Apollo? Ugh. And he started singing because, of course, you know, we didn't have enough X Factor on television already. Apparently, this all started several weeks ago. And he had a sit down with David Plouffe. Pluff, Plouffe, what's his name? Plouffe. Plouffe. And he said, hey, man. We're not cool anymore. I, we, remember uh, in 2008, we were the shit. We were really cool. We got to be cool. Uh, I want to sing at the Apollo. They brought in a vocal coach to help him learn how to sing kind of like Al Green. They brought in a vocal coach. Oh, I didn't know that Yes. Part. Yeah, they brought in a oh, coach. Oh, you got me on that. That's the information of the day. He practiced. That for, is, that is, dude, the president has got nothing better to do. No. He, Are you telling me that they would bring in a vote and waste his time because he's got nothing better he than wanted it. Is one line from an Al Green song? He wanted it. Now, they had 40 to 50 people in the audience who were instructed to whoop it up. And they had a whole team of techno experts who immediately took the video. And if you, if you look at the video anywhere it's embedded, you'll see the word cool. Because that was the whole point. He wants to be cool again. That was what his request to his strategist. I want to be cool again. And go and look anywhere you'll see in the comments. Wow, our president's so cool. He's cool. It was all a setup. Vocal coach, the the techno experts to to go spam forums and everything and, and comments. Oh, he's so cool. He's cool. And then they actually, and if you listen to the video, and there's a tell in this too, I, this is no good for the show because we're not video, there's a tell, the minute he goes into a pre-rehearsed thing, he gets real, he gets completely quiet, he'll look down, and then he goes into it. And if you watch the video, and I encourage you to do it, you'll see him like, blah, 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 and Al Green, blah, blah, and then he closes down, focuses and then he launches into it because he's an actor. It's really, really, really disturbing. So now we can look for uh, this tell moment when he's about to do something pre- previously rehearsed is when he, he, he you can see him getting his center, focusing, looking down, and then he does whatever he's supposed to do, he does. That's his tell. You can watch it now. You can see it happening. Interesting. That's a good one. It's a good find. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Hit me now in the morning. We have a bunch of uh, donors uh, this week that helped us out. And uh, I want to thank them, uh, starting with Omri Amariv Drory who uh, runs a genome compiler company. Hmm. 
and he uh, gave us $150. Uh, actually, he gave the $150 to me at the uh, Twit Studios. Oh, really? Oh, Into the bank nice. it goes. He needs a de-douching. You've been de-douched. That's all he said. He says, here, I need a de-douching. Cool. And he gave me his card. Uh, and I'll look into the company. Sounds interesting. Anonymous, Staten Island, New York, $150. Please keep my identity anonymous. If you read this on the show, your thread of one show per week, this is my second donation to date, worked. Now that the weather is getting warmer, I need two shows per week in order to play a game I call No Agenda Show Roulette. <laughs> it's a game I play that keeps my exercise program of bicycle riding interesting. I'll explain in a follow-up letter. We'll check it out. Peter Pinjacker. Uh, $111.11. <coughs> Excuse me. Pinocker. Pinocker. Oh, oh, please don't. Well, he's in Pinocker. Not only, please don't mention my last name, but please. But that's not his last name. That's the town he's in. Oh, he's from Pinocker. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, are we accentuating his last name here? No. Pinocker. Mm -hmm. uh, he's in the Philippines, actually, on vacation, where his government's fighting the Moro Islamic Liberation Front. Thought it could, which is MILF. <laughs> Could really use some laid, getting laid karma since with this MILF war, this vacation's going nowhere. All right. MILF wars! You've got karma. I think I have a title for our new video. MILF wars. M Matthew and Nicole in <laughs> Brooklyn, wild. New York. The one's a cougar. $100. Keep up the great work. I hope everyone starts chipping in to help you guys do two shows a week. Thank you for making this the best podcast in the universe. That's Matthew Nichols. Michael Slobigian or Slobigan, but I think it's Slobigian. I think it's Slobigan. Well, that yeah. could be. He's in White Rock, BC, $100. Brian Watson, Sir Brian Watson to you, which is in, who's in Raleigh, North Carolina, $100. Uh, hello from Gitmo Nation, first in drone flight. Need seven <laughs> days of job karma, please. Oh, absolutely. It lasts for seven days. You've got karma. Very good. Uh, Nicholas Stowe in Austin, Texas, right up the street from you, as a matter of fact. $100 right. in, this, in the morning, Crackpot and Buzzkill. I've been a $5 per month donor for a while now, but I've recently been feeling like more like a boner. I switched to the 1111 monthly plan, and this is the first 10 100 donate of 10 100. The first, uh, <clears throat> hello? This is the first of 10 $100 donations toward my knighthood. That's, there's Austin. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Austin. But you also thank Princeton, Ontario. Chris Stewart, $98. Thank you, Ontario. Princeton, Ontario. Uh, Joseph Gaz in Wilmington, Delaware. Miss Mickey, put on an engagement ring gift for you and Adam. He sent $75 to what? contribute to the cause. No, that's too much. Yeah, she, Mickey. <laughs> Miss Mickey is going to wear a no agenda night ring. Absolutely. Well, what do you think I gave her? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Anthony Cabelli in Bismarck, in North Dakota. I uh, need some Rubik Cube Karma for Charlie. Okay. All right. No cool. All right. You've got karma. Not quite sure what that's about. Uh, Michael Miller. Sure, Michael Miller here over here in Tiburon. I can wave and see, he can see me, actually. $67. Another Hey Citizen Karma donation. The shit really <laughs> works. <laughs> hey, citizen. You've got karma. Yeah. We know it really works. Value for value, slaves, he, he says. Uh, donate or you won't have a show. That's right. Christopher Collins, Tokyo, 6666, Citizen John and Citizen Adam. In the morning, this is my third contribution to the best, best podcast in the universe. I urge all citizens to pony up and keep you guys on the air twice a week. Martin Anderson in Copenhagen, 6666. Love your model. Wish more used it. Keep plowing through. Thank you. Enjoy, he says. 
Uh, Amir Makar, or Makar, 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 in Mountsville, Pennsylvania, $60. Hey, citizens, this is Maro, originally from Gitmo Nation, Tahrir Square. Tahrir. Just want to thank for all the hard work you put into the show, being a former slave, I clearly see the writing on the wall. We are sliding towards the dictatorship. Exactly what happened in Egypt post-1990s, <coughs> terrorist attacks, executive branch declared emergency laws, seized all power and droned anyone that didn't agree with them. <laughs> Is he talking about America? Yeah, so unless the majority <laughs> of Americans wake up and realize that we must not sacrifice liberty for security, we're all indeed screwed. Excuse me, that's uh, security for American security, if you're Aaron <laughs> Burnett, okay? You get it right. I'll probably be the first in line since I look like a terrorist, <laughs> even though I'm a Coptic Christian. <laughs> Hey, you get, with the beard. Come over here. I always get randomly searched in airports. Sorry yeah. for the small donation. My donation monies are split between you guys and Ron Paul. No, we appreciate. We certainly appreciate the help, no matter how big or small. It's all beautiful. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Joseph Cotran in Monroeville, North, uh, North New Jersey, 5678. Donations are down. No more hookers and blow for Adam. It's a little something for six pack of beer and a bag of pork rinds <laughs> in my truck. <laughs> yeah. Pork uh, rinds. Drew Larson, Green Bay, Wisconsin, fifty five fifty five, donated a while back for job karma. Karma went out on Sunday, and the following day had a job interview. The interview went well, but I wasn't holding out much hope. But lo and behold, an hour after the interview, I got a call from the company with an offer. Uh -huh. The karma does work, and that alone should be enough reason to support No Agenda. Today, I'm donating because my father, Dale Larson, lost his job recently to corporate bullcrap, and I'd like to ask for some karma for him. Absolutely. Here is some corporate bullcrap, get a job karma. You've got karma. Or Dale. John Martinez in Gilroy, California, 5555, which is interesting. I have several monthly subscriptions, but I'm donating a larger amount because the boners haven't. I hate for all the show to go once a week for him. That is, after all, the greatest podcast in the universe. Uh, John, a.k.a. Garlic Belch, <laughs> soon to be night. That's Sir hot. Garlic Belch, I guess. It's not <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> unpleasant. Uh, Andrew Stuckey in Madison, Wisconsin, 5555. Uh, having not donated before, I can no longer stand the guilt. I humbly request a de-douching. You've been de-douched. Good on you, Andrew. Uh, Matthew J. Milligan in Sparks, Nevada. Nice place. Just outside of Reno. 5510. Hey, citizens, this is to give Adam and John faith that there are still working serfs searching toward knighthood. Please give a shot at karma to my brother Jake for being an alternate delegate. Oh, hold on a my second. Hold, hold on. Let's just give that for a second. Here we go. You've got... Karma. Well, that also includes oh. his sister-in-law, Kirsten, and himself. They're delegates for Ron Paul in Nevada. We need the help to make it all the way. Also give a MILF call out to my smoking hot wife, Sarah. She's, She's the reason I can donate, really? Well, okay, I don't know what she does, but... I <laughs> You've got karma. Maybe it's the reason... Well, I don't know. Cool. Send, pic send pictures. Send pictures. Send pictures, yeah. Send them to Adam. Send them to me. Pariah Ware, Raleigh, North Carolina, 5510, double nickels on the dime, looking for karma for my wife, who is not expected to live after suffering a large number of strokes last February and April. She continues to heal, but is currently quadriplegic. It's a terrible story. Also, people can help me by supporting her by buying an iOS game, Bibalicious, pronounced Bibalicious. 
Look for Bibleicious, iOS. It's on your things. Thank you for the show. Sometimes I wonder if you actually believe the things you say. Well, we do mostly. Give we, him a we do. Give and, her a karma. Yeah, man, I'm sure. If karma ever needed to work, this is the moment for it. You've got karma. Wow. We do believe the things we say. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Adam says something. I say I think he's full of crap. We both believe this. <laughs> Robert Perrin and Kenmore Washington double nickels on the dime. Uh, first time donor. I'll start with a citizen D douching. Okay. Hey, citizen. You've been de-douched. Thank you for both for being there for us. I plan to donate 2% of my personal GDP this year. This is a tie. That's nice. So by December, I hope I'll get to the round table. PS55 equals my age this year, and I encourage all listeners to donate at least an amount equal to their age. All right. There Bruce Wilkie in Puyallup, Washington. Uh, 50 double nickels on the diamond with him. I love the show, and I've been a long... Puala, by the way, is the way it's pronounced. I love the show, and it's been a long-time listener, boner, one-time boner. Anyway, thanks to my dad. Please call him out as a boner for never donating. I think douchebag's what we're talking about. Well, should we do that? Douchebag! John, I look forward to a foodie show from you sometime in the future. Adam, I missed the long in-the-morning rundown that you used to do. Feed in the stirrups, wings in the air, et cetera, et cetera. Can I get one more of those for old time's sake? We'll do it on the next show. And can I get a shout-out on the tweeters? Android Bruce, keep up the great work. He's in Seattle, he says. Uh, Stephen Ryko in Winston-Salem, double nickels on the dime. Uh, FMP Computers in Gilbert, Arizona, double nickels on the dime. Listen to since episode one. Uh, like to mention the unclaimed state property website, which I brought up on a recent show. I picked up some money and figured I could pass on some of it to the people who informed me of the of the whole thing. Hey, you know, I still I haven't done that. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I you sh- should. There's tons of you'll be you'll have thousands of dollars ditched. Thousands. Yes. Where, but where does it come from? Where, I have about. But where does it come from? It just I, I mean, I'm like like oh, I'm, I I dropped a thousand dollar bill. I'll tell you where some of it comes from. It's all these douchebag banks. Let me give you an example. I had a bank account at the San Francisco Credit Union when I was uh, working for the government. I wanted to keep the money in there, so I had like twelve hundred bucks in there. So about you know, I leave it in there. I get my I don't pay much attention to it. So I decide I'm going to go either reestablish the account or I'm going to get. I go there, the money's gone. Where's what? the twelve hundred bucks? Oh, we sent it to the state. Really? Yeah, if you keep anything inactive for more than like six months, boom, the state gets it and collects interest on it. What? Yeah, it's, it's in there. I mean, the state had it listed, and so I just had the state send me a check. Yes. That is crazy. I'm afraid to do it because with me, they say, oh, undisclosed. Either it's so huge, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. Or uh, they're going to come and they, yeah, we've been looking for it you. It could be a bunch of stock that you don't know you own. Now, what are we going to do with this Adam Curry stock? Send it to the state. Really? Yeah, my mom had some stock. Yeah, that was you, told, to the you state. told me this. But she didn't want to do She was wary, too. She didn't want to, like, get, get my... Yeah, it was only worth about 50 Anyway, and everyone else should definitely try that. Scott Olson of San Diego, California. Double nickels on the dime. He needs a shot of karma. Okay, here we go. You've got karma. Ben McQuillan in Belfast. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Wendell Smith in Wyndham, Minnesota. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Uh, Chris Ball in Lansing, Michigan. Double nickels on the dime. Jonathan Rux in Alfreda, Georgia. 
529 is a number I continually continually come across. It seems to be good luck. So here's 5290 to grant JCD and Adam some karma for their donations to pick up. My karma will be automatic for my transition from a no donor boner to a donor with a boner. <laughs> yeah. You've got <laughs> karma. There it is. Boner. Yeah, whatever. So <laughs> these guys. Puns. <laughs> Adrian Cooper in Durham, North Carolina, 5214. Uh, donating $50 and 214 for the love on behalf wow. of my wife, Amy, because we all know donating is loving. Uh, Amy recently had a job interview, so we were looking for a shot at karma. I asked her if she had a message for the show, and she said, thank you. Oh. Although I've donated before, I think I need a de-douching because I've been aw- waiting since November to get into an elite group of assassins. I'm not sure <laughs> what's holding me back. <laughs> Okay. Hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. You've been de-douched. Karma. You know, it's, it appears as if you will not allow him on the No Agenda News Network. What? What? Anyone can be on... If you go to No Agenda News you Network... You have to get let me, qualified let, let me to say, do something. Let me, no, you don't. Let me say something. You go to noagendanewsnetwork.com, and then right there on the page... I'm going to tell you exactly where it is. Um, you go down to the oh, no agenda news network. You can you can make if you have an RSS feed. So if you have a blog anywhere that makes an RSS feed anywhere, uh, oh maybe it's not on there. Oh yeah, here right at the top at the top in the menu it says add a feed, and you click on that, and then it brings up a dialog box that says enter the URL of a feed you like to add to the No Agenda News Network community. You enter it in automatically. Everything you post is going to be on the No Agenda News Network. It's a beautiful system. It's open. Go do it. Sounds complicated. Ugh. Patrick McCann at Carnation, Washington. Uh, 5151. Milfin Karma, shout out to my wife Shelly. Also Karma for all the douchebags who will be donating their tax returns. Milf. That's one mother I like. You've got karma. Podcast for Peace in Alamo, California, 5150. I donate, therefore I am. Why? Because? Why? Because? Job, job karma works. Thank you for the No Agenda Nation for keeping this consulted in ducats. David Hazi in Wilmington, North Carolina, 5005. I'm a U.S. Army veteran, did psychological operations. I would like to request my, a Hey Citizen karma from my buddy Scotty Singfu for finally getting me to listen to the program. Okay, here we go. Uh, hey, citizen. <laughs> You've got karma. By the way, if you guys want more donations, you need to go on Facebook. My entire Facebook <laughs> feed is your show before yeah. you do it. All right, thanks. Well, I, maybe we can get Zynga uh, money or something. We can, yeah, we can buy nice. some uh, pigs. And Bruins Clothing, we just mentioned, hey. uh, Watertown, South Dakota, $50, latest kickback from the No Agenda jacket <laughs> embroidery. Oh, you, it was a setup. You knew that this was coming. Also, I started kicking $2 per sale from the jackets or vests that don't get embroidery if they tell me they heard about it, us on No Agenda. Huh. Lastly, I like a bit of karma for my new baby boy human resource, Robert Lee Bruns, born on February the 4th. Oh, brand new baby boy. Congratulations. You've got karma. Little human resource, and we say... Hey, citizen. Uh, Donald <laughs> uh, Gogwen, I think. Gogwen, Gogwen, Gogwen. What do you think? Gogwen. Westminster, Massachusetts. I know times are hard for almost everyone. Some of us do what we can hang in there. 
Benjamin in Westerville, Ohio, $50. Uh, in the morning to you both uh, from Gitmo Nation Buckeye here in Columbus, Ohio. I know donations have been down, but I think I may have a solution. Put a simple no agenda app in the app store and have an in-app no, purchase available. No, no, it, do, it, it doesn't work. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm just telling you, we would be cut by 75%. This is the only way it works. This is the model. And yeah. what I like, I just got to take a second, John. What I like about it is that we're very honest. You know, if, if you see the value for two shows, we're there. If not, we're not there. We'll do one show. It's done. It's, it's, everyone got the message perfect. So it worked. Thank you very much. Richard Colangelo in Litchfield, Connecticut, $50. Matthew Lakes in Fairport, New York, uh, $50. Uh, John Haller in Missoula, Montana, $50. I need you twice a week to keep sane. Don't change. Uh, on PBS, the pitch was that you're joining a community with your donations. Perhaps that can be an inducement. Well, that's we've said well, this before. Yeah. Uh, good old Dame Tanya. In New York, New York, uh, very troubled by the drop-off in donations. Decided to increase my monthly giving level to the best podcast in the universe. Giving is love. Hold on a second. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to. Yeah, I met Dame Tanya. <laughs> Michael Siegenthaler, or Taller. Uh, Thomasville, Georgia, $50. Uh, Siegenthaler, now in Phoenix, formerly of Dirty South in San Bernardino. Give yourself a karma shot. Keep your heads up. You've got karma. Majestic RV rental in Fredericksburg, Virginia, $50. <laughs> what? Well, didn't we pick up our RV in Fredericksburg? I don't know. If, is this... Uh, no, the, Majestic? No, know, ma no, we do. no, we didn't get it from Majestic. I think... Interesting. All right. Maybe you should have. <laughs> uh, anonymous Putney, Vermont. No, you got it from a friend. Yeah, we got, no, we it. got from uh, the Baroness, Maggie Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Maggie. Good old Maggie. Uh, Putney, Vermont, $50. Um... Keep up the good work. Uh, keep teaching us how to read between the lines. Uh, Ulrich Hansen in uh, Copenhagen, I believe. Uh, $50. Why? Because the world needs two shows a week. <laughs> uh, Sir Adam Kolb in Menasha, Wisconsin, $50. Christopher Grip. Grip or Grip or Gripe. No, it's Grip. Uh, Edmonton. Another Edmontonian. Fifty dollars. That's great. Hail from I like Edmonton, by the way. It's a very nice town. I was just there like a year or two ago. Hail from Canada. Love the show. I have one request. Could you both look into the Keystone XL pipeline and both your thoughts on it? And we've done that. I think so. It's not. We don't have any thoughts on it. We want your dirty shit. Uh, Send it on down. Yeah, the horrible <laughs> crew that's loaded with sulfur. Send it on down. Uh, David Kroll, uh, Hamilton, Ohio, fifty dollars. Uh, long time boner and first time donor. Need a thorough de douching. <laughs> You've been de-douched I don't remember saying that John McCain would win Maybe I did He did, he won the the uh, Republican nomination he, needs a, he also needs a karma shot Applying for a gig at an awesome company And a deal I'd made it with myself Was that I hadn't gotten a ding letter Before payday I'd try earning some karma Here we go, get your job karma Let us know You've got karma It usually works and then fifty dollars from Thomas Lee's in Halifax, Anthony Hoisner in Madison, Wisconsin, Greg von Mulem in uh, Bakersfield, also from Mike Noko, Mike Nokolaychuk, Chuck, No Nikolaychuk, Nikolaychuk, Nikolaychuk 
in uh, the Paris of Canada, Saskatoon, fifty dollars. Uh, please read the email sent. Well, we don't have it handy, but uh, mention more Canadian news. We're getting bent over here too. Yeah, Our we Prime do. Minister Stephen Harper has uh, just announced he was going to change our pension laws. Yeah, we know about that. And uh, call out Sean Mooney as a douchebag. Douchebag. And uh, he'll he'll uh, something else he's going to do. I can't quite get the sentence structure. Um, and finally, uh, Frank Rowe, Sir Frank Rowe to you. Oh, Sir, Paris. Sir Gitmo. Yeah, Sir Gitmo, Paris, Florida, $50. Uh, please send karma as the universe hates me. <laughs> That's not true, Frank. The universe does not hate You've you. You've got karma. <laughs> uh, the universe loves you, man. And finally, a call out to boners to become donors. So um, I just want to say that um, obviously we have um, uh, excessively long segment. Uh, the, the whole idea here is to spread it out. So let's get back to where we were uh, before the start of the year and everything will all be good. Yeah, and people want to sneak in a, a quick uh, executive producer. I'm guaranteeing on Thursday you'll be able to do it effortlessly. Yeah, that's usually how it works. Before yeah, we... because this 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 fat fee, feast or famine thing is is annoying, and I'm sure a lot of people. We did have a one guy wrote a nasty note to us complaining about the f- fact that we do um, birthday shout outs. He thinks it's a waste of time, and he doesn't like uh, the thank yous that we give. Personally, to each individual who gives us fifty dollars or more. Oh, would you like to hear commercials? Let me get the the. I can. You want me to find the Old Navy commercial? Maybe I should play that, John. No, uh, don't play that again, please. No, no, you haven't any, heard this any, one. It's the Old oh. Navy commercial. Yeah, is this the one you did? Is it another one you did? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let's see if people like that better. Hold on a second. <laughs> anyway, make your point while I look it up. Uh, we have. Uh, we actually find that uh, these segments to be interesting because they do bring out some anecdotal information. We also get to communicate kind of directly with the donors. And uh, we had a lot, a lot of people also donated uh, anonymously. And, but we, we don't, I don't know, I don't mind it. And I think it, uh, it is padding to some. You can fast forward through it. Yes. Really hate it. Yeah. But there's always a tidbit into it. But sometimes we have a restaurant well, review. Well, let, let, let me see. It. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather hear you know, stuff about people loving their wives and that they're MILFs and that they're happy and they love karma. Or, this is Adam Curry for Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Or would you rather hear this? <laughs> Kellogg's Frosted Flakes gives you flakes for fuel and frosting for fun as part of a balanced breakfast. Because when you love the game, it shows. Now, another gig I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the insincerity in your voice I has know, something to do with I, it. I, no one, I can't sell it. But well, the guy who got the gig, you know, if you want us to play that on the show, fine. <laughs> 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 Two quick mentions: uh, Mike Slobigan, uh, his email, uh, Adam and John, greetings, Gitmo Nation, Lotus Land, west of uh, west coast of Canada, tree huggers and potheads. Today I sent in the first of many donations to the No Agenda Show. I've been listening for a few months without donating, and that's just not cool. Please give me a dedouching and fire some karma. Uh, I think that uh, even people who aren't No Agenda listeners have an unconscious awareness that something is very wrong with the world. Some people buy pills to suppress their anxiety. I think the money is better spent right here to bring the problem to the forefront and earn all of us some relief. And I think that is a very good point. Don't buy meds. Listen to the show. You've got karma. And support the show. 
And then this just uh, broke my heart. Sea Geek. In the morning, Adam and John, use this story on the show if you want. I have cerebral palsy and use a wheelchair. I'm on a disability pension of $828 a month, but I just donated $25 to the best podcast in the universe. If I can donate, anyone can. And here's some karma for you. You've got karma. And as a special option, of course, uh, we have uh, Valentine's Day coming up. So uh, 214, 214 is your magic number because nothing says I love you more than a donation to the No Agenda show. Yeah, and you can do it in somebody else's name. And I do have Dwayne Melanson's uh, little note here. I want to just a couple of things. He's uh, again, Tigard, Oregon, who is an executive producer. This completes his fourth knighthood, uh, which is worth mentioning needs to get a ring resized. Sorry to hear the donations have been soft. I don't want to see you guys have to go to one show a week, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the one note about the last show, you were commenting that a weatherman was the expert on a meteor sighting in Texas. Who better than a meteorologist <laughs> to cover it? Good point. Good I point. went through all the trouble to get that note for yeah. that, that gag. That one gag. It's a pun. Dvorak.org slash N-A do today. Sir Paul Schneider congratulates himself. Uh, he celebrated his birthday yesterday, February 4th, 2012. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. Birthday, yeah. And because of all the uh, the toppage everyone uh, put in, we uh, have a couple of uh, knighthoods to hand out, which is very nice. So I've got my blade handy. John, if you could uh, take it yeah, away it from comes. that. Yeah, you got it there. Yeah, perfect. Matthew Becker, Austin Voss, and David C. Pugh, please step forward. Neil! As it is time to receive your well-deserved knighthoods and enter the elusive club known as the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable for your support of the best podcast in the universe in the amount of up to $1,000 or more rings forthcoming. And I hereby pronounce the Sir Matthew Becker, Sir Austin Voss, and Sir David C. Pugh. You got them. They're over here. You know you want them. The hookers and blow, the rent boys and chardonnay, and the hot pants and booze right here. And thank you so much. And don't forget, you can go to also channeldevorak.com slash na, noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, and there's donation buttons there, and we would appreciate uh, um, all the help we can get. So Mimi writes in, uh, the reason I'm not listening to the show today live is because of the screwed up No Agenda Global Radio that has crap on it like this, playerradioloyalty.com. Do you know anything about this? No. What's the No Agenda Global Radio? I don't. Where does she even find this? No, I think uh, I think the Gitmo Slave and Mr. Oil were working on changing, and uh, Sir Paul, they were going to look. I, I don't run the stream. Right? We, we have no time for that. And I think they changed it from NoAgendaStream.com. It still goes to the you know you still use that address, but then it goes to NAGRadio.com, and they had a whole new website. And uh, did it not work? Is that what uh, well, he says? The worst, she says, the worst part of this global radio is there are typos all over the place. I especially resent the ads that show up with radio loyalty. What is They're that? distracting, creepy. And if you guys are supposedly avoiding ads, not going corporate, someone better shake the crap out of Mr. Oil and give him the news. Let me see. She's irked. Nag radio. Is that Mimi, your Mimi, our Mimi, our lovely yeah, Mimi? Yeah, uh, the, the Mimi. Uh, Nag, no agenda global radio. Well, it has the stream player on it. Does that not work? Someone's getting all these crap out of Mr. Oil and give him... Yeah, it works. Looks sounds good. 
<laughs> sounds it, pretty good. That sounds good to me. Mimi, what, did he, what is she using? Ex, uh, Explorer Four. I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I don't see any ads. I see support us player. No, it looks pretty good, actually. Have you, you check it out? Nag nagradio.com looks good to me. Nag radio. It's got it's got all of the No Agenda News Network articles. This looks good. She was grousing at me yesterday about about the show having too much political news. What is she? Oh, okay. Well, Mimi, pay attention. Do you hear this, John? That is a knife, and I am using this knife to cut. Hold on. Into. An heirloom tomato I purchased yesterday at the Austin. It's out of season. It's the last ones. An heirloom tomato. It looks like a mutant ball from hell. It's got like, it looks like it's cancer, which of course is the way a tomato is supposed to look. But these tomatoes, which by the way, saving the seeds, I can plant them and I can grow my own. Listen to this, John. Mmm. That is an outstanding product. Oh, it's got to be a hot house. It's it's no, it's it's grown indoors. It, it is, but it is a complete. It's like, of course, a tomato is a fruit. I had an argument with Miss Mickey about that yesterday, but I'm actually eating it like a fruit. That's how lovely this outstanding product is. If you are in Austin on Saturday, go to Fourth Fourth Street. Go to the Austin Sustainable Living Market, and the guy might have a few more next week. But they are outstanding as a food product. Mm. Mm. I don't see any ads. I don't know what she's talking about. Mm. I don't see typos. I don't see ads. They talk about no commercials. She must be been. There must be a bootleg site or something that she's landed on. Well, maybe you need to service her. <laughs> <laughs> it's big, but it's not that long. <laughs> Whoa, touchy subject there. She's in Washington. <laughs> yeah, but so, well, the, get a train, man. Go up there and uh, do your business or something. That concludes our servicing and outstanding food product segments. All right, so uh, I think uh, we, did we do our, yeah, okay. I think we're all caught up. Yep, we're all, oh my God. That tomato is so delicious. I mean, you know, you see a tomato. That's not a real tomato. This is a tomato. One that looks all kooky. It looks, you know, it it really looks. I know if I showed it to my daughter and said, "Here's," a tomato, she'll go like, "I don't want to eat that tomato. It looks it looks, it looks weird. It's like it's got bumps and lumps." No, no, this has like tumors. Oh, it's got the bumpy, lumpy mm, tumors. Yeah, mm, mm. I just devoured it. I had Miss Mickey bring it down. Did you just put salt on it? No, 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 no. You, you can do yeah, that, but no, no, no. This, these yeah, are, yeah, these yeah, are yeah. so sweet. They're so lovely and luscious. It's just, it's orgasmic, I tell you. Um, okay, so a couple things uh, on the techno expert front that we need to talk about because they're really ramping it up here and in Gitmo Nation East. Uh, the first thing is this totally bogus... For, you know, the whole thing, Anonymous. Uh, Anonymous, by the way, supports the show. We had five members of Anonymous support this show, which is, just so you know, yeah, there's, there's a movement called Anonymous, and yes, there's people who do things, but it's a beautiful name. That's why they love to propagate it, because Anonymous can easily be Hillary Lucifer Clinton's techno experts doing crap. And, right. then, and then we have... Saying they're Anonymous. Right. 
And then, we don't know. There's no way of knowing. And now they stole the conference call between the, the Scotland Yard and the FBI. And I have a 20-second uh, clip that shows you how, how, what great work is being done here. It's, the whole thing is so idiotically stupid and such a dumb PR stunt. But, you know, are these guys going after hackers? Yeah. How? Listen. A prosecution counsel making an application um, in chambers, i.e. Uh, without defense knowing uh, to seek a way to try and uh, factor some time in that won't look suspicious. Okay. How much time do you think is reasonable that they'll be able um, to... I've gone and said uh, eight weeks. We have got Ryan Cleary's indecent images, um, which have been found um, partly by our guys and partly by the USAF uh, team who looked at his hard drive. So what we're going to propose is that they get dealt with first yeah, because that's all you do. Hey, you got porn? Oh, we're going to arrest you. But he didn't even, it was indecent images. This is ridiculous. Uh, excuse me. Uh. Tomato. This is completely... Doctor, we have a sick man here. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, this is, this is completely ridiculous, the way, the way they're setting this up. And the BBC, I got to play you the intro to this piece. They have a whole piece on the dark web. The dark web. The dark web is where all the evil anonymous people live, but not just uh, anonymous. It could be your neighbor on the dark web. Listen to this intro. Now, the Internet is transforming our lives. There is little dispute about that. But do we know enough about the dark side dark. of the web? A world dark. where criminals can't be traced, Crim where you can shop for illegal goods, and where customers go by code names. Ooh. Our reporter, Adrian Goldberg, set out to shine a light in the internet shadows to discover just what you can buy on the un online black market. Oh, the dark web. The dark, the, and this piece, I don't even want to play it. The dark web is used like 20 times in this piece. Have you seen this thing? No. You want to hear it? I have heard about it, but I haven't seen it, no. You interested? Yeah, play a little bit. Millions of shoppers have abandoned the high street in favor of online shopping. But just like in the real world, alongside the everyday goods available on the internet, an online black market has also sprung up. Black Getting market. on the dark web isn't straightforward. Sites where Class A drugs are sold are beyond the reach of normal search engines. Instead, users download sophisticated but... What kind of bullcrap is that? Beyond the reach of online search engines. What, what is that bullshit? Readily available software, which makes the location of their computer and the sites they visited virtually impossible to trace. You're very bad if you can't be traced. By buying a virtual currency like bitcoins, innocently used by gamers and others on... Who still uses bitcoin? You're out of business. This is like total chat room. Raise your is hand. Is this a real old uh, production you're listening to? Or is this some old new. thing from last Brand year? Brand new. Brand new. This is why it's propaganda. On the net, the first layer of secrecy is introduced. Bitcoin secrecy. transactions aren't linked to names, allowing people to buy and sell without being identified. Using the downloaded software, we found sites where Class A drugs, fake driving licenses, and even guns were on sale. Yeah, stuff you can get anywhere, but it's the dark web. The dark web. Very dark. We paid in bitcoins for what was advertised as DMT. Give me that address. An illegal, hallucinogenic <laughs> Class A drug. 
When they were tested in the lab, the drugs were found to be genuine. The dark web uses software that anonymizes users by bouncing communications between a network of volunteers around the world. This makes tracing sites you've visited or the location of your computer almost impossible. We don't now. This is very important because you know while everyone's well, of course, the SOPA PIPA open thing is now passed, and everyone you know everyone's Twitter icon is back to normal. Facebook pages are back. Wikipedia is no longer black. Everything's all good and hunky. We won. Woo! Yeah. Meanwhile, what's happening? Here is the Bureau of Justice Assistance who sent out uh, a document. This is a part of the Federal Bureau of Investigations. If you uh, run an Internet cafe or if you are in an Internet cafe, uh, the Joint Regional Intelligence Center, um, by the way, you can call them. You just have to mention code word tripwire. It says it right here on the document. This is how nuts and insane these people are. Like, hey, man. I'm going to go rat on this guy because, you know, i got to call this number and call, mention Tripwire. Um, you need to consider people suspicious in the following cases. People who, one, are overly concerned about privacy and make attempts to shield the screen from view of others. Yeah, like when, I, when I'm trying to access my banking account or something. Be suspicious of people who pay cash or use credit cards in different names. Be suspicious of people who apparently use tradecraft, lookout, blocker, or someone else to distract employees. Suspicious people act nervous or uh, exert suspicious behavior inconsistent with activities, like if you have Tourette syndrome. People are suspicious who are observed switching SIM cards in cell phones or use multiple cell phones, which is about every single executive in New York City. Because they got the Blackberry in their iPhone. And be suspicious of people who travel illogical distances to use internet cafes. Maybe because they have no internet. Activities on computer are suspicious if they indicate a residential-based internet provider. Signs on to Comcast, AOL, etc. Uses anonymizers, portals, or other means to shield IP address. Suspicious or coded writings like in the morning, hey citizen. Use of code word sheets, cryptic ledgers, etc. I mean, this is the stuff that we're the, the, be an SS Nazi and spy on people. And if they switch their SIM card, call 888-705-JRIC and mention the code word tripwire. And what's happening in Gitmo Nation East? Well, here's how they're going to do it with the Olympics. Because it's going to be so busy. This is the Homeland Department. It's going to be so crazy busy with people on the Internet. ISPs may introduce data caps during peak times to try and spread the load, or loading, actually, they say, and give a more equal service to their entire customer base. It is possible that Internet services may be slower during the games. ISPs have been engaged in the planning process so demands of the system can be understood and managed. Here's what's going to happen. No Internet for you. And when the Olympics go away, it's going to be the same thing. This is all a trick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the only the the cell networks, by the way, are going to be fine. No problem. It's the internet that's going to be slow. So everyone's distracted and happily on their way now. Oh, we defeat them. Hey, man, no sopa, no sopa. Not going to happen. 
But meanwhile, this is taking place right out in, clear, in plain view. Also, there's H.R. 1981, Protecting Children from Internet Pornographers Act of 2011. Oh, yeah, that'll be loaded with stuff. Yeah, well, it's not... The you te- can't go wrong. This is the way to pass it. All the bills that ever get passed from now on should be anti-child porn laws. And then, then you can put anything you want in there, because nobody's going to say diddly about it. Status. This bill was considered in committee, which has recommended it to be considered by the House as a whole. Explanation. Although it has been placed on a calendar of business, the order in which legislation is considered and voted on is determined by the majority party leadership. Keep in mind that sometimes the text of one bill is incorporated into another bill, and in those cases, the original bill, as it would appear here but doesn't, would seem to be abandoned. There's no text. You can't read it yet. Hmm. Time to yeah, turn my Twitter I'm sure icon when it black. Comes out, you'll be reading it. Yeah, of course. Turn your icon black. It's time. Woo! Icon black, icon black. <laughs> yeah. Black. <laughs> icon black. I think we should have puce. Make my icon black. Puce? Yeah, puce should be the color. The next. Uh, Pu- what is puce? What color is revolution? Puce? What color is puce? Type in puce and. Then, do you, I, don't uh, know, I don't know how to spell puce. P- P-U-I-S-S-E, I think. That's a good question. Oh, well, that's why I brought it Type up. Type in Puse and then hit images. P-U-I-S-S-E, is that it? So, um, let me see. Oh, you, um, well, we can do that in a second. I caught something uh, while we're on this topic. So, ACTA was uh, ratified, the Anti-Copyright Trademark Act, whatever it is, the thing that uh, the president wouldn't tell us about because there would be such an outrage. It was passed by the European Union. And uh, there are actual riots going, well, protests, let's put it that way, uh, in Poland, Slovenia, and other places in uh, Euroland about this act being passed. And I'm like, why is such a big deal being made of this? And then I realized it's conditioning for the collapse of the euro. And if you listen to this report, I will not uh, spoil it. You tell me if you can hear it. Protesters gathered in the Slovenian capital on Saturday to demonstrate against an international treaty meant to protect intellectual property on the Internet. The protesters in Ljubljana are angry that Slovenia signed the Anti-Counterfeiting Trade Agreement, or ACTA, in Tokyo last week. There were also demonstrations in Greece and Poland, with many feeling ACTA will lead to Internet censorship. Well, in many countries, like, for example, East, they don't have freedom for speech, internet, news, nothing. And we can see the consequences. So in long term, I think it can happen anywhere. Expressing its support for the anti-actor movement, hacking group Anonymous claimed responsibility for disrupting Slovenia's largest bank. NLB's website was down for most of the day, causing problems for customers trying to withdraw money from ATMs. Hmm. That is the propaganda. They show a shot of an ATM that says not available. It didn't say like, it didn't have like anonymous with a little nice song playing. Yeah. This is bull crap. That's a setup. It's like, oh, it sounds like it. Yeah. When when there's no money coming out of the ATM, blame it on anonymous instead of your bank being bankrupt. Just blame it on anonymous. That's all good. It's not a bad strategy. Well, the, the strategy used to be the bank holiday idea, right? Where, um, Oh well, it will collapse everything on a bank holiday. Now I think it's they're gonna it, things are gonna start collapsing, and the, and then any bank can just say, "Well, it's anonymous, man. They hacked into us, and we'll be offline for a while." <laughs> yeah, 
Well, you're laughing, but I'm, I'm not laughing. No, I think it's exactly what you, I think you spotted a actual uh, trend. You know, let's blame Anonymous for everything. It's the meme, and, and they man. put that little picture of the guy. You know, they, they, the big news, of course, was they hacked into some, ooh, so secret uh, conference call between the FBI and, and Scotland. Did I, you listen? As, as JC, Buzzkill Jr. mentioned, he says, this sounds like any crappy conference call that's ever existed in the history of business-to-business conference calls. A bunch of guys shooting the shit about, hey, hey so how you doing? Oh, I don't know. We're going to have a meeting tomorrow. I think those guys are screwy you know i mean it's just a bunch of nothing you were here this morning when i played that clip right from the conference call no that was the clip about the porn that i just played for you like five minutes ago oh then i was five minutes ago yeah oh well i didn't didn't hear that part of the clip when i listened to when i listened to the tape i'm telling you i was so bored after about two minutes i never listened to much more of it so there was a so there was substance in there (laughs) that was it we got the guy's porn. That's it. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole thing. That, that was it. The thing went on for like an hour. That was the only substance in it. Something about Sheffield being a hellhole. Yeah, and then like, hey, man, we got the guy's porn. Okay, good. We'll take him down. That's it? Yeah, I'm sorry. No. In, indecent images. So let's switch to uh, real news. Oh, well, hey, let's uh, I'm all for that. And now, back to real news. So your favorite company, MTV, had their European Music Awards. How did I? Oh, oh yeah. There, there, must be, there must be an invitation here somewhere. In Belfast. Ireland. And all the guest stars, all the acts, and all the award winners are not only all from America. Wait, was Bono there? No. No. Good. He, that's because all of them also coincidentally work for Viacom in one form or another. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah. So they have as their first like guest uh, guest presenters, and you have to listen to the to the the crazy thing that this one of the two you're going to be surprised. The first guest presenters that really bring it home. They have uh, Selena Gomez as the hostess, and she announces the first presenters. And this is like to, to bring it home to the Europeans that how important this whole award thing is to the to Europe. And here we go. This is your show. So many of you around the world have voted for your favorite acts to win one of these awards. So let's bring out your first two presenters. They come all the way to Northern Ireland's Eastern Shore from the Jersey Shore here to present the award for best live are the always lovely Snooki and Jay Wow. What's up, Belfast? It's Jersey Shores in the house. Yeah! The single most magical experience at being at a live music is you can't be recreated. <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> the uh, single most important thing about being at a live music is that it can't be recreated. <laughs> what the, what does that even mean? Let's, let's just listen to that. Was that Snooky? Yeah. The single most magical experience at being at a live music <laughs> is it can't be recreated. <laughs> I bet there are people in Europe, who watches going, could you please just drone me now? I mean, <laughs> I'd rather have a drone kill me with a Hellfire missile than have to watch that. And and, and the crowd goes wild. We're, yeah, so, we're, we're yeah. so doomed. <laughs> we're so doomed. I'm surprised you missed it. 
Well, I was tracking. A lot of people sent me this, and I was tracking this. Of course, uh, the the chief executive officer of Micron, uh, Steve Appleton, uh, died in a plane crash in uh, Boise, Idaho. And um, whenever there's a plane crash these days, everyone's like, two to the head, two to the head. I'm like, it's not always two to the head. Yeah, there are actual plane crashes that yeah, are there, two there, to there the head. There are plane crashes. Uh, the thing that is kind of interesting, though, that uh, the stock jumped up 3%. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad sign. That's not good. And within hours of this news, they they announced uh, Mark Adams. I'm sorry, uh, 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 Mark Durkin. Am I saying sounds this right? right? Um, it sounds no, right. No, Mar- no Mark Adams, I think, is going to be. But within hours, they replaced right the guy. Within hours, which is a little yeah. insensitive. Well, so I'm, I'm looking at this, and then I'm seeing, remember Green Hill? That's the company that uh, that advised. Uh, was it? Uh, didn't they advise on Solyndra and the, and the and the two bankers from uh, from be. Green Hill and Company? They died in a plane crash. Maybe here's the report. Green Hill. Oh yeah, Co- right. Those yeah, right. That was a plane crash. Yeah, they uh, their numbers are up forty two percent since those guys died. So it's kind of interesting the correlation between. Uh, important people at a company dying and their stock price improving. And I put it, I do not put it past anyone uh, in the financial world to kill anyone for any, for any menial reason. Not when billions are involved and people are now becoming overnight billionaires. We're not talking about the olden days where someone was like a millionaire overnight. We're talking about obscene amounts of money. Yeah, so they'll kill they'll kill anyone for any reason. Now there's a good reason, obscene amounts of money. That's the reason right there. So yeah. the Appleton thing, uh, what most people heard on the news, and because I'm, uh, I'm a pilot and airman, I like uh, looking into this, uh, is the audio, of course, which uh, was recorded of the, uh, of, uh, the crash. Uh, and here's, here's uh, the, the situation is Appleton took off in his Lancair, which, of course, is labeled everywhere, experimental aircraft, crazy fucking, what is he, John Denver? Lancair is is quite an outstanding aircraft. It is uh, it's a hot rod. It is, and this is, was a pressurized version. I mean, you can go to thirty thousand feet, does three hundred over three hundred knots. I mean, it's an amazing aircraft. It's beautiful. I've flown them. Um, it is labeled experimental because it essentially is a kit airplane. But this is not like you know Steve Appleton in his garage gluing this thing together. And there is a certification process, but it's labeled experimental for a number of technical reasons. Which doesn't mean it's necessarily safe or unsafe, but it's don't please don't be fooled into thinking, oh, you know, just some crazy like, you know, like some you remember we used to make model airplanes and we dope the wings. Remember that you put paint like paper over the frame and then you paste dope on it. That's what it was called. Dope. It, it was the it was a paint. Yeah, but it was called dope. You have to dope the wings and it would tighten yeah, they up. It smelled great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he takes off. Uh, he probably reaches an altitude of about 200 feet. And, uh, well, I'll play the clip for you, then I'll give you my assessment. But then I'll play the other clip, which you didn't hear. 51, Lima Tower, runway 1 to right, line of point. 51, Lima Tower, I'd like to turn back in and uh, land. Coming back in. Okay, so what happened there is, uh, and I, I cut out the 
<clears throat> the takeoff uh, clearance that he received. <clears throat> but I calculated the the time from uh, his takeoff clearance uh, to when he made that uh, call. And uh, he probably he couldn't have been more at like two, three hundred feet uh, in altitude. Here's the, if he had an engine failure, failure, which I believe he had, uh, he made a horrible mistake. Uh, if you have an engine failure, you uh, on takeoff, you learn you're going down straight ahead. Do not, under any circumstances, do not try to turn back and make it to the airport. This is like rule number one. Do not turn back. You are going to land straight ahead. Wherever you're going to land, you know, hopefully there's a field, hopefully there's some room. But if you make a turn, you're going to lose too much altitude and you will die, which is what happened. I will also point out Steve Appleton crashed previously and, and he you know, punctured his lung. He wrecked his liver um, in a stunt plane. He's an excellent plot pilot, but a bit of hubris there, I think. And he overestimated what he could do in his land care. So he had a crash in 2007. What you didn't hear is he already had aborted a takeoff before this fateful event. Here's the audio of that. I want to leave a Charlie's uh, going to land here and stop. We got, we got a problem. Thanks. I want to leave a Charlie, Roger. I'm sorry, one leave a Charlie. Do you need any, any assistance? Negative. I'm going to uh, attack you back. Get my finger out there for a second. Sir, one leave a Charlie. Roger, turn right. Contact ground. So he had taken off previously. He noticed a problem, went back to the airport, requested landing. He said, I'm going to land. I got a problem. He said, I'll take care of it. Went back to his hangar. And whatever he was supposed to take care of, he didn't. Could this be sabotage? Extremely possible. But if he had a problem, I think this guy was just a hot a hot dog. And he was like, yeah, I can fly with this. Whatever, you know, Maybe just the light is flickering or whatever. Uh, but you'll not hear that. All you hear is a discredit of uh, general aviation in general. However, in light of all this analysis, I uh, told Miss Mickey I uh, will n- <laughs> never again uh, go on a scheduled flight in a small aircraft. If I'm just going to show up somewhere and just you know fly, that's okay. Because I do believe that this is being used with increasing uh, frequency to kill people. And uh, as you pointed out, John, billions of dollars are at stake. So this guy maybe had well, something serious wrong. In your case, I don't see, see that, but this other guy, yes. Well, it depends on, uh, I don't know. If, uh, yeah, you're right. No one gives a crap about me. Yet. Yeah. No, you're probably right. Anyway, uh, so the only thing that's... I think they might just do it to make an example out of you. Yeah. Well, the thing that's uh, that's just disturbing is the that stock goes up and profits go up and... Yeah, no, there's something fishy when that happens. Well, not fishy. It's Generally speaking, when a CEO, it, something bad happens to a CEO, the stock does not go up. No. And all I've got left is that the Eurozone, uh, while everyone here in uh, the United States of Gitmo Nation will be distracted, I think uh, we're probably going to see, I'm going to guess, 80 million people will watch the Super Bowl. That's going to be my estimate. Mm, what's the number on that? I sent you a link to this website that has all the stupid bets you can make. Um, when did you send this? I sent it after I sent the clips. Oh. Scroll down. It's is the is the subject line. Got it. And if you start looking at these bets, these are bets that include, and the odds for these bets, include what color would the Gatorade be that they dump on the winning coach. So you can actually bet on that. 
which seems like the easiest bet to rig. So is one of the bets is uh, how many people there is will a watch? Bet. I think there's an over and under on the number of people viewing, and I think it's... Uh, see, the problem is there's so many of these bets. Total receptions by a sustained this touchdown. Who will throw the first touchdown? Blah, blah, blah. Halftime bets. You know, odds to win MVP. Let's see. We see. What would oh, here we go. Uh, over 117 million viewers uh, is minus 150. Under 117 million viewers plus 110. So that's the over and under. And generally speaking, these these t- sorts of bets, the odds makers nail it. So it's 80 is way low. I'm sticking with 80. Um. And the Giants will win, but that's okay. We can disagree on that. But while that's happening... Wait a minute. Who gives a crap? I don't give a shit. Yeah, put it in the book. I don't give a crap because what's going to be happening is... Greece has their... This is the deadline. Today is the final, 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 final deadline. We've already had a couple of this is your last chance. Now it's the final, final. Depending on what happens today, we'll determine whether Papademus will tender his resignation tomorrow. I thought he was already bailing out. No, no. He will tender his resignation tomorrow if they don't make it happen. What is it all about? Of course, they need the 130 billion euro uh, extra bailout. They have not signed the paperwork. The reason why... This will blow you away, man. The reason why is they want to the okay. What is they want a twenty five percent cut in minimum wage? Yeah, what's a classic? Do you know what the minimum wage is in Greece? Yeah, gross. The gross minimum wage. So before taxes, uh, tell me seven hundred and fifty one euros a month. So, so take home is like three seventy five, three dollars and seventy five cents, three hundred and seventy five euros a uh, euros a month. Yeah. Well, no wonder people are pissed off, and they and they want to cut that. Well, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at minimum wage Greece public data, and that number that you're giving us has increased to eight hundred something a month. So I think you're off on this one. Well, I'm I'm uh, okay. Well, I'm reading here the minimum wage seven hundred fifty one. Where, where are you reading month. that? On uh, let me see what this is. I think this is Reuters. Oh well, I mean, but okay, seven fifty or eight hundred. I mean, the, it's eight seventy six as of July. So I, why would they be giving a bogus number that's so far off, and that's euros? Interesting. I don't know why they're giving a bogus. I, what? Uh, where are you getting this from? Minimum. Google.com slash public data. And I'm, oh, no, seriously, oh, I'm looking Google, around and it's all over the map. The minimum wage in Greece was $559 back in 2005. Here, I see here from the Wikipedia, 751 euros and 39. Yeah, but that is not from the... The latest months. I mean, the, the Google has a chart showing it going up and up and up every uh, month. Yeah, their source is Eurostat. Okay. So, who are you going to believe here, dude? Eurostat or Wikipedia? <laughs> I think the people who are actually uh, writing Wikipedia are probably entering the correct amount. 
Could be Clinton's folks for all you know. <laughs> it's not a lot of money. Let's put it that way. But to cut it by a quarter, 25%, yeah, no kidding. So the Troika is, uh, is all over this. And uh, if it doesn't happen, then uh, it could be all over. And I have now, you've turned me into a nut job. I've been tracking this Baltic dry index. You're freaking me <laughs> out, man. This is, this is a freak out. I told you. Yeah, I don't think we, we explained that properly on the last show. Because even after the show, you and I spoke for a few minutes and you were like, look at this thing. So it was at like 16,000. I think 12,000, 11,000 right. something. Right, and now it's, it's, six, it's under 600. Yeah, so it's over, yeah, like a 20 to 1 drop. And what this does is it represents the movement of uh, commodities around the world. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, and it reflects movement of food stuff, uh, raw materials, coal, coke, steel, uh, uh, unprocessed steel, like scrap, scrap metal. Well, I think the coke is moving just fine. I don't think that's the problem. I think uh, and uh, rice and <laughs> wheat, oh, wheat, and uh, I, I assume petroleum too. And yeah, it's down to nothing. I mean, there's there's a bunch of variables you have to consider. And which is, for example, they felt that the flooding in Australia took place in the coal mining areas. And so Coke wasn't going to be, be exported from Australia. And that was accounting for some of it. And then the, because of that big boom that took place in 2007, 2008, the whole bunch of new ships were built. So there's, there's too much capacity and not enough uh, uh, product. But it seems to me that that thing pretty well marks the way the stock market goes, except recently. And recently, the stock market's going up and that thing's going down. And that thing is a like a 30-day leading indicator. So the stock market should collapse uh, in about in between now and uh, middle of uh, March. Did you bring this up with uh, Horowitz on the show? We'll do it on Tuesday. Well, you might want to do the show on Monday, and this whole thing could come apart before then. <laughs> it's going so fast. But if you look at it, the last time it, it it's it's now going below the 2008 numbers. Did that happen before or after the Lehman collapse when the when the Baltic dry index went down? I don't know. I mean, all I know is that when it went down, it was four weeks later that the stock market collapsed and the housing crisis became came to the fore and the whole economy went in the toilet. Took four weeks. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 a scary index. It's just scary. Wow. So right. anyway, well, everyone's hey, we, jumping know, for joy over this great <laughs> unemployment number. I think they should be looking at this instead. Except, except for the one million people who don't count anymore. Yeah. Hey, citizen, you don't count anymore. Get out of my way, you non-human resource. <laughs> you got another uh, clip you want to play us out with? Or what do you got? Uh, we're, we're, gotta, what are we well, doing? A, we're way over time here, man. We're like we're running really late. Yeah, we had a, we are. You know, this well, show we just a, ends when it ends. Well, okay, then then let me uh, end uh, on this note. Um, we know as a fact, it is a fact. Fact! <laughs> it is a fact that uh, the French do not support this show. Oh, yeah. We have no, the one French, guy. Well, the French hate anything American. We got one guy. Yeah, one guy, and he's not in France. <laughs> but the French do not support this show. And what comes around goes around, my friends. Nicolas Sarkozy, le mijette de Napoléon de France, announced yesterday every car in France will now be mandated 
to be equipped with a breathalyzer starting in the spring of 2012. Your car will not start unless you blow it. Law. Wow. I'm surprised that? the French put up with this crap. Well, it just goes to show they're all asleep. They're like, yes. Jean-Claude, I think it is a very good idea from uh, our president, uh, Mijet, uh, uh, Sarkozy, Napoleon. Uh, so we, do, we, we have 4,000 uh, uh, deaths per year. He is saving people. So blow my car, save a human resource. This is very, very good, Jean-Claude. You are against this? It won't work. <laughs> what do you mean it won't? Well, it won't. I mean, there's too many glitches in a in a system like that. I mean, some you'll be sober as a judge, and you blow into it, and it will say you're drunk. I mean, you can just see this kind of thing happening. The president's you'll off. be in an emergency. A bunch of guys are coming at you with knives and guns, and they're shooting in the air. You're freaked out. You're one like, moment. Your adrenaline's <laughs> pumping. You jump in your car. You grab the keys, and then you gotta please blow into thing. Blow dans le voiture, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> what is blow in French? I mean, <laughs> give me Google Translate. Oh, thank you, Google. This is the only thing I like Google for, is it maps and translate. Uh, hold on a second. I don't know, where's translate? Uh, translate. I, I think I'd look up the word exhale. Please. No, it's funnier if you say blow. Please okay. blow. blow the car. And I'm translating from French, uh, from English to, fr- hey, I can only translate to yeah, you can. Spanish or Arabic. What is that? You got it set up wrong. Uh, what on. are you doing with Arabic on your machines? <laughs> S'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, sautez la prise en charge. No, that no. Please blow the car. No. S'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. S'il vous plaît, s'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. Wait, 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 wait. S'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. There we go. <laughs> Okay, here's the scenario one more time. There's guys running after you, John. What are you going to do? I'm going to run for the car as fast as I can. I'm going to jump in, grab the keys, put them in the ignition, and then... S'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. I'm shot. <laughs> shot dead in the seat. <laughs> this concludes uh, this week's broadcast of Playtime at Radio. I'm telling you. S'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. Yeah, copy that and make it a regular. Can we do right. different voices, or is that uh, is that all we got? Uh, I think that's it. I think we better quit while we're ahead. I think that's a good idea. S'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. <laughs> Remember, blowing your car gets you places. All right, everybody, so um, enjoy whatever you're going to do on the rest of your Sunday. Uh, For those of you, and most of you, actually, who listen to the program while you're in transit, I hope we were able to entertain you and got you to your destination in one piece and uh, with a smile on your face. And be happy you're not in France because you'd have to blow your car to get anywhere. And if you uh, see any value... Support us. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA, NoAgendaNation.com, or ChannelDvorak.com slash NA and support the program. Show notes, 380.NAShowNotes.com, coming to you from the capital of the Drone Star State in the morning, everybody. My name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the motto is, I tweet 
Therefore, I am. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. S'il vous plaît, sautez la voiture. Dvorak.org slash N-A